Oh, you have your, you have your win your plane window behind you. Oh yeah, you. I did a I did a video interview recently, and I it was looking very sparse back there. So I thought, shit, <laughs> just <laughs> prop it up on a on a box and hope for the best. So now you still have your horn. <laughs> My horn, yes. So that is a it's a replica of a Spitfire propeller made out of a Spitfire propeller and given to my grandfather in, I think, 1941 in in Algeria because he was there in the Air Force fixing um, propellers for Spitfires out of basically anything they could find. And that's that. I love that it's a replica, but using the original material. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they, a Spitfire would land with a thrash propeller and they would go, well, yeah. this is useless, but let's make something fun out of it. So. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, you are, you're... Your background in your studio is uh, taking shape. It's, yeah, building some, yeah, a little bit of character. No, no, it's good. It's good. I will apologize in advance. Uh, we're today, April the 6th on Wednesday. My cleaning lady is in my house at the same time that we're recording. So, but I have, you know, headphones and I don't listen to environmental noise. So if you hear like hoovering, um, it's not you guys. It's in my house. It's not in Alex's house either. And maybe um, a little bit my cat is growling because I think she wants to eat, but she'll well, have to wait two hours until we finish this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, you may hear my kids growling at some point, but uh... <laughs> They're also hungry. They're, they are hungry, and it's the Easter holidays. So, <laughs> oh yes, it is. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this because you've experienced a little bit of the the mess we're having in the UK. But we'll talk about that later because let, let's do a how do they call that a shit sandwich? No, <laughs> let's let's but the opposite. You know, let's have good news at the start, good news at the tail end. That like in the middle, we'll put a little bit of the stuff that is less fun to talk about, including the mess. But that includes one of your travels. So um, that will that will be quite 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 interesting. Um, day what is it? Day one million three hundred sixty three thousand and one. Since Japan closed its border and won't ever reopen, is that it? <laughs> it just seems to be going on, and you get a piece of teasing news, and then it's snatched from you just as quickly. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, there have been people sharing that Japan was opening. No, it's not. It's opening for people who had visas that were processed or accepted before. The cutoff, so I mean, it's uh, it's 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 still closed. Um, John Dobb, who you remember, only yeah. what's, what's a YouTube thing? Only Japan, I think yeah. it's called. You remember him from the attaché in Tokyo that we did. Um, he predicts that it's going to open in the summer. I hope that it's going to be open in the summer. I'm not sure. I'm going to go as far as predicting. He says that he's seen a lot of ads by Japan Tourism, but I've been targeted by ads for two years and it's borderline insulting to be having these ads on my feet. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've had the exact same experience where it's, I think it's because I follow quite a few um, yeah. like local Japanese photographers and, and, and AV same. geeks and things like that, that it's, we're a natural target for them. But I do, I do feel for the JNTO and basically all of the yeah. prefectural tourism boards, like, what do we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Matt, Matt, um, Matthew Drinkwater. I don't know if you know him. Do you know him? He works uh, at... Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a very good friend. Uh, Chelsea fan as well. And uh -huh. I think... Oh, yeah. I think 
Is it your birthday, Matt, today? So I know he's going to be listening. So it's not going to be today. You're going to be listening, but happy birthday. Um, uh, uh, he, he was thinking to go to summer, and I was saying, you know what? I think the whole thing about getting ads is, of course, like you said, uh, also simply, what do we do with the budget? But it's also very symptomatic of bureaucracy. Like, uh, so we have the budget. So what do we do now? And departments do not talk to each other. So I don't even think they know about any kind of opening. Maybe like one minister <laughs> knows about maybe what they want to do, but they maybe are still in the dark. It's um, it's very symptomatic of bu bureaucracy and perhaps Japanese bureaucracy. But what can we do, man? Yeah, I, I hope for the best. I, Korea seems, South Korea seems yep. to be slowly relaxing. And I think now, uh, as of uh, the first of this month, you can go. And I think it's if you're vaccinated and it's yep. just uh you take a you take a pcr test on arrival and have to just sit in a room until it comes back negative and then that's it uh yeah i think that's i'm not sure there's a test pre-travel but yeah there's yes, one there test is. on arrival and there's also a test on day six or seven unless you leave before and you have to do an exit test if you leave before which is a bit bizarre but i think that's the thing and but singapore also you can go if you're vaccinated no more vaccinated lines we talked about it i wanted to do that and now it's basically open i think thailand joe allen talking about joe allen yeah he's in bangkok joe allen is there right now mm -hmm. i mean if you don't know him follow him on, on on youtube or at least on instagram hi joe uh, cambodia i think open and, and Vietnam as well. I don't know the rules, but I think they also open. So Asia is slowly, and obviously Australia and New Zealand are also opening. So um, yeah, Japan will be the lone wolf. I mean, besides, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> China, Kong. different conversation. <laughs> Uh, the reason the reason we need to go to Japan, man, uh, because I know that you you appreciate these things. Um, you remember the debacle of New Coke back in? I mean, we were too young, but like, what was it? Eighty two? Yes. Eighty four? Eighty two? So Asahi is changing the recipe of its super dry, and that's the first time they do it since the launch in nineteen eighty seven. Will that be New Coke? I don't know, but I want to actually try. It. I, well, yeah. I mean, I want to try it. You know my theory about New Coke, right? Go ahead. My massive conspiracy theory is that it was all planned. Why? Go on, go on. Go on. It's an aviation podcast, but I'm interested. Yeah, so this is, oh, yeah, I'll give you my 90-second so. brand deviation uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory, my, my QAnon classic coach. <laughs> so my theory is that it was a brilliant piece of corporate strategy. Uh, sales were floundering. You do something and you say, no, we've revolutionized it. We've, we've, we've made it better. You purposely make it very sweet uh, and people go, well, this isn't right. This is, what have you done? What have you done? And then you come back and go, let's reintroduce what they called for two decades. Classic. Classic. Coke. Yeah. And sales go through the roof. Roof. And yeah. then you introduce Diet Coke as well on the, on the backside of that. So I have yeah. a feeling that it was all done. It wasn't some massive, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. I, I don't know. I, I think the thing is, you remember the story guys promise you we'll go back to talking airplanes. afterwards. <laughs> the, as you know, it was a blind test, blind testing and um, with with focus groups in the story of food, uh, like industrial food, every time you add sugar, prefer, people prefer it on blind testing because sugar actually is like a dopamine hit, right? Yeah. Which is why we have more and more sugar in processed food. And I think maybe they caught up they got caught up in that. Like they said, oh, this is better. People kind of rate it better, 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 better. I, yeah. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I I, I need to follow the, the Alex QAnon uh, <laughs> Reddit something. I'm sure that exists somewhere in the bowels of the internet. Of uh, I forgot to put this because obviously you guys were recording. So I the, just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. 
yes, we're, we're back after more time than we thought we would be, but not as long as last time. So you see, guys, we, we are trying to, to, to record. Talking about uh, some new Asahi, so new cook, new Asahi, new Alitalia. <laughs> it's just a joke, man. So Alitalia uh, Ita won, won the tender for the Alitalia brand. Don't tell me it wasn't planned from the start. That's a QAnon theory right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. Uh, so basically, I think they even like only painted one plane as Ita, and then basically they, they knew. So they just waited until they got the, the they won the bid for the Alitalia brand name, and basically it's back to being Alitalia. Yeah, I saw the uh, <laughs> that one airplane. I can't remember if it was in Athens or in Zurich, oh. but I saw it and I heard somebody say Ita. What's Ita? I'm like, oh no wonder you're changing it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they they are receiving or they will receive like uh, 350 900s mm. uh, from Hainan and I think a lot of airlines are getting uh, um, planes from Hainan and uh, so they they will they won't have to paint them in Ita that will be Alitalia directly have you heard that um, Lufthansa is is trying to bid for Ita because I think that's still the name of the company the, the group but also on the other side, there's another bid by Delta, Air France, and KLM. Man, so this saga has been going on and on and on. Because wasn't Lufthansa one of the original bidders before this ever became a thing? Before ETA, and and then, or was that was that the one that uh, <laughs> which, which Etihad bought? Yeah, I don't know, man. What a mess! What a mess! I'm glad that Alitalia is is still there in some some capacity, but yeah. you also have to wonder how damaged that that brand is, or if people have sort of forgotten. For yeah, well, I mean, if you need Italy, I mean the the other what was the Qatar Airways um, name of the um, Air Italia? Air, That's gone. Yeah, which was um, Mer yeah. Meridiana. Meridian, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's good. These are one of the airlines that suffered through the, the pandemic. But I mean, oh well, man. <laughs> Talking about Qatar, by the way, the, the saga continues. I don't know if you've seen that since I just said uh, 350-900. So Airbus uh, refused to deliver one more 350-900. Uh, um, and they say, Airbus is saying that they won't deliver. So I think there's more, 20 more on order. And they say every, every time there's one ready um, out of production, they won't deliver it to Qatar Airways. It's like someone's <laughs> going to have one, to blink, aren't they? <laughs> Qatar is, uh, guys, I don't know if you said that last time, Qatar is suing Airbus for 1 billion in damages. They actually even said now that the, the, the paint damages that they're seeing could ignite the fuel tanks. I don't know if that's actually believable, but that's what they say. Yeah, I bet Airbus loved that little press release. <laughs> and, on the, and, and Airbus is, of course, suing Qatar for a less amount, I think, uh, for basically the price of each plane. So currently, for the first two, it was 220 million. So now it probably has 300 or something. I mean, the lawyer is going to win this, yeah. man. There's a lot of people making a lot of money off this. Right, exactly. Um, so we'll talk about BA as as, as we said at the start because you've been in the absolute IT mess. But since I just but we'll let's again shit shit yeah, sandwich. Yeah. Let's let's switch that a little bit later. The um, the good thing, however, for you and me who are using Avios is that now you can link uh, Qatar Airways and BA Avios Executive Club. Uh, together, because Qatar has moved from its uh, privileged club, I think it was called, whatever yeah. the name, to Avio. So basically, they're, they're the exact same um, 
the exact same points now. And I've done it. You go on the website. I've done it on Qatar. Maybe you can do it on the other way around as well. And it's pretty sim seamless. You can you can then say, oh, I have X amount on this one and X amount on this one. And you just like transfer over. I don't know if there's limits or how many times you can do it per day or something, but it seems pretty seamless. I'm sure that there are a lot of bloggers out there who have managed to yeah, figure well. out the limits and uh, loopholes and all of that. But it's 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 good. I mean, it's I mean they are they are very tightly integrated. They have a sort of BA American relationship now, don't they? Where Qatar mm -hmm. owns twenty something percent yeah, of 20, IAG, right? not not just BA. And so this is just one one more kind of efficiency they're they're trying to bring in. I think it's great. It's it's fantastic, mainly because it means easier redemptions on Qatar. And it's funny. While I was in Athens sitting, well, that's another freaking story, Good waiting for my flights, <laughs> there was a, and you will have obviously seen this a million times, but I'd forgotten, there was a Qatar A320 and an Etihad A320 next door to each other. And I was just looking over longingly at them. I've never been on Qatar short haul. I have been on Etihad short haul. And of course, it's the experience that you would expect. It's outstanding. So I was. Yeah, the, the seats are actually pretty cool. <clears throat> it, it, I, it's funny. It's almost medium haul because when you do, yeah. I've done Athens to to Doha, and I've done also uh, what's the other one? Um, Sofia, I think, to Doha with a Qatar three twenty. It's still like five hours. So yeah, I it's like short haul stretched. But, but it's, yeah, it's it's actually it's actually great. And I've I've done. Etihad three twenty, but a long, 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 long time ago. I think it was to Cyprus from. I maybe? did it. Um, I don't Abu Dhabi to Delhi, and it, and I was in oh. in business, and it was excellent. But it's interesting because Jason Rabinowitz, um, yeah, airline flyer on Twitter, really interesting mm -hmm. guy. I think is in the revenue management side of things. Anyway, he tweeted saying, jokingly complaining that. Um, European business short haul business class is nothing compared to the U.S. and and he is right. But I was yeah. He is. The the point is more that none of the European airlines operate narrow gauge airplanes on anything over three and a half four hours. Yeah. In the U.S., you have a plane that will need to do San Francisco Five, L.A. and then do L.A. New York L.A. D.C. Yeah. Which you need that's six hours six and a half. Yeah. And often on red eyes. So we just don't have the need. If, you know, if you're flying London, Tel Aviv, that's about as far. And even BA now are operating 350s and Dreamliners on routes that distance. So it's, it's really just, you know, short, quick turn. Yeah, it's three hours. I mean, the, maybe the exception, well, um, I would say Turkish sometimes, sometimes with 737s from London to, to Istanbul. Mm -hmm. I mean, I prefer trying to the, the, the 777, but yeah. you have some, at least before the pandemic, I can remember. That's what, four hours? Yeah. I it's mean, not, it, it's never six, that's for sure. Exactly. And I think that that's yeah. just different fleet strategies and therefore different product strategies. Yeah. But I mean, I like the fact that, uh, so that we can now move Avios easily for those who are on Avios yeah. or on privilege, whatever the name of the Qatar points were. Um, it seems if you want to redeem Qatar, it's easier because you can do it on both. But it seems that for long haul Qatar, you'd better put your Avios on Qatar directly and you get slightly better uh, redemption deals. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's what I've heard. But it's very early. So probably that will that will change. But you know, it's, I mean, again, we're teasing this. It's hard to love BA these days for many, 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 many reasons. 
that's one plus. I know it's the plus is being able to fly guitar. But I mean, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, the other the other reason to fly uh, one world was obviously Cathay, but they have the um, a zero flying policy. No, sorry, zero COVID policy. <laughs> so it's really hard to fly them at all. Really actually, uh, that's, uh, at least although, their lounge is back open. Yeah, and uh, yeah, only until five p.m. I think because I tried going, it was closed. <laughs> oh, I think it's only five p.m. Um, so if you are later that day, I think five guys check it on Terminal 3 at, at Ethro. Um, but at least I've heard, uh, I don't know how, if you would do it, but um, Hong Kong Airport is reopened for transit traffic. Um, the thing is, honestly, would you do it? I mean, they keep having bans every two days on no, aircrafts and I stuff. And uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't want to get trapped. And also, yeah. I would just have my face pressed against the window wanting to get into this. I, it, would, it would just be torture. I, oh, I forgot to put the intro song, man. Like, guys, I forgot how to do this. Let me just do it very quickly before we move on to... <laughs> he's laughing at me, of course, because he's a producer extraordinaire. Oh, I'm just really? an amateur here. <sighs> There you go, you have it. Because I know that. Again, Kanai loves it, so you need to hear it. That's the official start of the... Um, so we got a lot of nice uh, comments and feedback from our last show. Uh, it's been a long time we haven't done it, so I said a few shout-outs for people would be nice. So first we got a, a review on iTunes, sorry, Apple Podcast, called... Um, the title is Avgeek Audio Paradise. Mm. Can you believe that? That's kind. The people listen to us because of the audio quality, not because of the content. Uh, <laughs> that's by .pgc in the UK. Interesting, engaging, fun. Always a pleasure to listen to you guys. Thank you and welcome back. Yeah, we were back. Uh, thank you so much, .pgc. Um, uh, talking about rankings in um, Apple Podcast, we rank now number one in Kenya for aviation, number one in Kenya for leisure, and we're in the one top 100 for all podcasts. And we also are now number one in Cambodia. That's amazing. More countries to our wow. I can't I get know. over that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and welcome, guys. I mean, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you've been listening for a while, but thank you so much for pushing our little podcast that comes every blue moon in <laughs> on on the airwaves um, on Twitter. Uh, because all these guys, they, they're so lo such loyal um, listeners. So I want to make shout outs this time. At Z Mark and Zan, latest episode of Layovers is just so good, especially Alex SFO story. Congrats. Yeah, that was really kind, Zan. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And he saved the episode for a flight. I think that's a repeat. That's I've seen that a lot. It seems that people, because they know that we don't release a lot, they save their episode for listening in flight. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, Roll of Funk, Michael Lepa, a longtime listener. Um, new Layovers episode waiting in a two-hour propeller propeller plane flight ahead uh Ooh, wanna... bgo to helsinki so again you save this for a propeller flight can you actually do you have good um noise, noise canceling <laughs> headphones i guess <laughs> i love that noise i love that noise <laughs> well you had it in with the seaplane mm -hmm. we'll talk about <laughs> he's he made the face he just made the face as he, he, he eaten like some delicacy right there like <laughs> matt graham at Matt Graham, Aus, I guess, Australia. So great that you guys are back. I've missed listening to you both and hearing about your travel stories. Thanks, Matt. Manuel at Fogging Mozzies. Um, great to have you back. And congrats to Alex, too. Looking forward to listening to the, looking forward to hearing the next episode in August. See? It's not August. 
<laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. Uh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Ed Parson, our, our good friend Ed, uh, actually, Ed, you have to come on the show. I mean, I already told you, he, he's um, a gold uh, BA guest list. Yeah. Is called guest list? Yeah. He was uh, just, uh, I saw that on Instagram. You, you, you were uh, bumped to 1A on Miami Ethro. You have to come and tell us how, what, how that was. I want to hear about his story about landing. Was it Logan Air, Ed, that you landed on the beach up in somewhere, in, somewhere up in the islands in Scotland? Oh, yeah. I want yeah, to like hear about bit, that. Like, yeah, then in Scotland or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I really yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, did you did you visit a brewery as well? I hope like uh, a brewery. But the, why, am I, why am I saying a distillery? A brewery. <laughs> Sorry, all the Scots are going to hate me now because. <laughs> I've, I've, I've <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so he said, great to hear from the layovers, guys, after another long gap. The most romantic show so far. Oh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It was, Thank you. Uh, that, thank you, B.A. I think we, that's fair. That's without a sense, any irony, I can say thank you, B.A. <laughs> He's going to change his stance later. No, yeah, this way. Uh, Trent Prestegar at Trentus Juventus says, so great uh, to see this back in my feed. Enjoying enjoying it as we speak. Thank you, Trent. Uh, Craig, oh, good friend. Uh, Glenn Afric, Craig, Greg McCormick. Um, uh, when, <laughs> when did it become a video cast when we can see your handsome faces? No, it hasn't. I can see his handsome face, but you can't. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping him from me, guys. I'm very uh, bearded with Alex. <laughs> Maybe one day we have the tech, we have the bandwidth, but uh, I, I don't know if really, if I were to put this on YouTube, would people find it really appealing to see our? I mean, faces we, we could do a live. We could do a live yeah, recording video, um, which which would be kind of fun. Little audience participation. I'm sure that I've just opened Pandora's box there, but. <laughs> No, we could totally, totally do it. Um, yeah, actually, we should. We should once we both have a little bit more time, maybe later before the summer or something. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna get, like you said, we're gonna get like lots of messages asking about that. Um, uh, Neddy Sigun, I'm not sure if I pronounce your name correctly. At Ned underscore Sigun, the best podcast ever and off. Thank you guys. No, that's, that's very wow. That's very generous. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, honestly, th thank you. Thank you so much. Also, long time listener. And uh, one of our also very long time listener, Han at Han Chicago. So, uh, so fun just hanging out with you two Av Geeks as you chatted about so many aspects of aviation. From industry-wide news to highly personal plans uh, for two hours. And then that sentence... Absence made the heart grow fonder, but I hope the next gap between episodes is a bit briefer. There you go, Hans. We're trying. It's not as long this time. We're trying. <laughs> so, uh, oh. the, shit, the shit sandwich. I've got one for you. I got another one. Uh, just one final shout out. Oh. So, Joel, Joel Candia. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Joel Candia, who lives in Perth. Um, mm. Joel Incognito. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, Joel sent me. Joel's, Joel's uh, become a. Uh, a viral TikToking numismatist. He's become like no this. Way. Yeah, he's become this expert. <laughs> I'm not really on, on TikTok. I am kind of, but not really. I'm not, I'm not either. But he posted on Instagram as well, and he's like this. He's become this expert on on coins and currency, and it's really interesting. Anyway, he sent me some old Malaysian business class menus. Oh, wow. Pre-pandemic, because uh, his family is of of Malaysian descent, so he has uh, still a lot of family up there. And it just makes me want to go uh, on Malaysian again with all of these wonderful kind of Hokkien and, and Malaysian dishes and the wine list looks incredible. It makes me want to travel on Asian Airlines again. But anyway, thank you, Joel, exactly. for sending me these. These are just stunning. 
beautiful things. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you have an hour and a half to go before you get. No, I can't. We can do a pause. You can get you make yourself a, an actual sauté. Nazi uh, Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You know the what you just said about traveling in Asian airlines. That's the thing. I mean. Like I, I would usually go to Japan with with Emirates, but honestly, or I've I've done many. I've done, of course, JAL and NA and whatever. But whenever I go to Asia now, I just want to go on an Asian airline. Mm -hmm. Nothing against any other. It's just I want to go back to an Asian. Yeah, airline. yeah, that's me. I I, I agree. Um, well, oh. hopefully soon enough we'll be able to experience that. Yeah, somewhere. Okay, so uh, dot PGC in his in his. Um, uh, I say is, but it could be hers. Uh, review said that we were fun, but um, I don't know how to do this. It's, this always the delicate uh, balance in a show like this. Uh, but we cannot not mention Ukraine. Um, I mean, I mean, we're not going to be saying anything smart about it because everybody said a lot of smarter things that we could ever do. It's a catastrophe, of course, and it's um, it's honestly, it's, I mean, what the hell? People are getting innocent. People are getting blasted and shelled and whatever. So I don't know what I don't know what anything intelligent to say. Of course, it's close to us, closer geographically wise, which is why, of course, it seems to affect us enough, uh, um, more. And of course, we, we've been, both been there and we know people from yeah, yeah, Ukraine as exactly. well. So. But I mean, let's not kid out. There's been other wars. You know, they've been like Syria, Iraq, yeah. Afghanistan, Yugoslavia twice and stuff in Africa and Asia, Yemen, whatever. So, but yeah, it touches us, obviously. But I don't think we... The only thing I would say is like, if you can do something, guys, whether it's helping refugees or donate, um, there's many, again, people much smarter and much more maybe even kinder than us doing great things i'm sure it's been a month now so you might already have done stuff i have but um yeah there's um i don't know what else to say it's it's because of course a lot of the the tweets the tweets that are we're going from so i have you know the layovers twitter account has, i follow a lot of of course you know people in the industry and and other you know av geeks and sometimes, you know, people were only talking about the Antonov that got destroyed, blasted. Mm. And yeah, it's sad, but compared to what's actually happening to people, human, around, like, yeah. it's just a plane, right? I mean, it's still sad. Let's, let's be clear. Right? It's a, I don't think they will, be, they will ever rebuild that Antonov, but it's, it's a, yeah. I, I know that some Afghits hate me right now because I said it's just a plane. <laughs> no, but you're, I mean, you're right. It's, it, it is just a plane and... I think there's so much more going on, e even within our world. I think people are, are if we're just talking purely about aviation, that there are, you know, people that are losing their jobs, people that are trapped um, yeah. and, and can't get out, you know, a, a journey that would take 90 minutes now takes two days. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's, there's so many things that I don't even think that we can wrap our heads around. Yeah. I will, I will add uh, one political comment. Uh, the UK is not really good at, I'm talking to the government and other people because the people have been great at dealing with the refugee crisis. Yeah. I mean, the rest of Europe has been amazing. The UK is really putting barriers and it's, it's shameful. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, maybe still it affects. So again, none of what we're going to say now is it reaches any of the height of pain that people on the ground must be having and have, or people that have lost families. And I know some of them, friends of mine uh, there. Um, no, not friends that I didn't lose friends, but friends that have lost part of the family. So yeah. we're going to talk about aviation again because it's an aviation show, but guys know that we're not putting, we're not equating all this. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a bit lighter, but yeah, one of the, one of the, 
um, consequences of these, of course, is the, the sanctions on, on Russia, they're very heavy. And uh, so Sabre stopped uh, servicing Aeroflot, Airbus and Boeing are not um, doing any maintenance or giving parts anymore or training. Uh, Bermuda revoked the licenses of almost 800 uh, Russian aircraft. I didn't know that a lot of Russian aircraft civil aviation was registered in Bermuda. I didn't know that either yes, until this all happened. Yeah, I think for tax reasons, probably, right? <laughs> Bermuda, generally. <laughs> Sorry, friends in Bermuda. Uh, I didn't want to use a cliche, but I'm Swiss. You, people also come to Switzerland for <laughs> tax reasons, I guess. Um, yeah, so basically, Russian airlines are stuck in Russia. Or maybe they can go to Belarus, maybe, or something. Uh, but on the opposite end, because of the tit-for-tat in this sanctions game, um, a lot of airlines from the West, but also Asian airlines, are cannot fly over Russia anymore, yeah. uh, which creates a bit of a bite. Of course, the fact that the fact that Asia is still relatively close means that we don't really see it as much as we would have seen it in another period of time. But um, as uh, yes, I'm sure most of you know, but basically, I think just after the Second World War, when the Chicago Convention was created about, I don't remember the actual name of the Chicago Convention, but basically regulating civil aviation, the USSR uh, didn't sign the Convention on Transit. So the over so every airline that wants to fly over Russia needs to have an authorization and pay a fee every single time. And of course, Russia now revoked uh, this authorization. And so yeah, so if you want to fly. To, to Asia, basically, you might, especially from Europe, you might take a huge detour. Yeah. <laughs> or, of course, from, let's say, from Japan to Europe, same thing, huge detour. Yeah. It's, when you look at uh, like flight radar or anything like that, the only ones that are flying over there are Chinese airlines because most of the U Russian airlines aren't flying outside of Russia. Yeah. But even to the US, there's certain routes that were flying over northern Russia to get from say New York to, to Tokyo, the long way, uh, it it's adding hours and, th and thousands of miles to some routes that are having to go either south or go the long way. It's um, or people just canceled canceled the routes. Yeah, I, th I think that was in February. So I don't know how much of a thing it became, but like end of February. But I think Anchorage airport got a lot of requests yeah. inquiries stop, about stop, could we eventually maybe land there to do a stopover which is uh, like a throwback to the 50s mm -hmm. <laughs> or to cargo during the pandemic actually there was a lot of cargo going through anchorage yeah so yeah i mean i've never visited anchorage so no neither have i cool thing to have like a like a dubai in the cold right you know you stop over you stay for three well, hours there's that there's the that new u.s airline that's trying to do that they're, they're trying to become the Reykjavik of of, of that going to Asia. So you would fly from, yeah, you would fly from the US to Anchorage. They're using 757s. And then Anchorage to various cities through throughout throughout Asia, wow. using the same model as uh, uh, Iceland Air and WOW used in Outplay wow. and all the others, the ones that have tried it. So I don't, I don't know how successful they'll be, but it's nice to know that there's yet another option. Oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't, didn't know that. Uh, but talking about the Dubai of the North, Helsinki, so Finnair was trying to do that. And okay. Finnair is really in a bind because like they have, you know, they are on the border with Russia. So they, they basically have to backtrack or to go up all the way. They um, they also have issues with GPS because the GPS is scrambled on the border. And also, you know, for Kaliningrad, which is an enclave, which is south of, southwest of uh, the Baltic states. Mm -hmm. So it's an a Russian enclave. 
So there's a single route over the Baltic Sea that Russian airplanes can used to connect with mainland Russia, I guess. Um, and also the GPS has been scrambled, so it has more issues for, it's, yeah. for Finnair. <laughs> I mean, a, a plane can fly without a GPS, right? There's other means, but it just it adds a little bit to the... Uh, but but uh, on the overflight, I didn't... So, you know, the longest flight in the world uh, is back to being uh, New York to Singapore f by Singapore Airlines. Uh, I think that's... Uh, Almost uh, what sixteen thousand kilometers, mm. and the way back I think is a little bit different. But I mean, it's basically that. And then there was I think New York to Auckland, etc. But because of these overfly rights, we have a new number one. It's Cathay Pacific. Cathay Pacific, New York to Hong Kong uh, is adding four thousand kilometers. So it, it went from thirteen thousand to sixteen. 600,000 kilometers. 16,000 kilometers. That's more than 17 hours because they have to, uh, they cannot fly over Russia. So they basically are flying from New York over Western Europe, then down to over, I guess, Iran and then to Hong Kong. That's a very, very big it's detour, which ridiculous. doesn't help Cathay in there. No, I mean, those planes have got to be empty too. Well, they are anyway, right? I'm sorry, but it's sad. Yeah. They, they are anyway. The other thing, maybe the last for Russia, is that lessers are freaking out mm -hmm. because um, they <laughs> a lot of I, I don't remember the number, but I think it's like about 12 billion worth of aircrafts that are owned by lessers, and because of the sanctions, there's no money. You know, they're not being paid anything, and they cannot repo the planes. What a Shit show. Yeah, and the, I, they signed the law that said you can keep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure once this is all, you know, hopefully done quickly, that, that there will, that's going to be fun to unpick. Yeah, it's um, anyway. Again, none of this compares to what people are experiencing in in Ukraine. Of course, Ukraine themselves, the airline, uh, what's the name? Ukrainian International Airline UAI, I think, is uh, paused. I don't think they've had any damages, but I'm not sure if the airports maybe, but not the planes. Uh, if you go on their website, currently they say they're not going to fly until May. Hopefully that would be the end of this. But honestly, the way it's going, I'm not actually actually sure. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make any other comments, but it's really, no, it's really not fun. So this is why I wanted to start with something fun, because this is, uh, I don't know how to approach it to make it um, kind of fit uh, the usual tone of our show. So from one... Uh, Catastrophe to one another. Uh, I think we need to acknowledge it, also, although it's not fun either. That 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 crash in China. Oh yeah, bizarre. I mean, first of all, everything is filmed nowadays. I mean, we I know, which makes it almost worse. Yeah, dash cams, I'm the and same. I'm like, cams and all that. I don't. It's want not to see a video that. game, right? No. It's people on the fly, right? And uh, I. I mean, we don't know, so there's nothing, you know, the, the investigation is, is ongoing, so I'm not, we're gonna, not going to say anything more. Just that I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'll never fly a 737 again. And I'm like, guys, this is first, it's not the MAX, it's the, what, the NG? It's 800, it? yeah. But um, it doesn't help Boeing still. No. Because a lot of people, and I, I, I have friends of mine, smart people that are saying that, and I'm like, are you sure? I mean, if you, really I remember what there was an accident 25 years ago and there was a, I think in somewhere in Central America and there was an NTSB spokesperson who said the amount of 737s in the air at any one time, the amount of flight hours they they've done doesn't just statistically make this unusual. It makes it bizarre that it would happen. And I think that remains yeah. the case, but uh, it, 
you know, 737 is 737. And, you know, it's easy for Boeing to say, no, 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 there's the max and there's the 800. In the public's mind, a 737 is a yeah. 737. And we've seen it with orders. We've seen it with, with deferrals. We've seen it with people, probably not as, as much as we may think, choosing one flight over another because it's not a 737. But it's not what Boeing needed right now, setting aside no tragedy. No, no, they didn't. But, well, I hope that we learn. Uh, it seemed seemed very um, catastrophic as a, yeah. as a as a crash I mean, again because we've seen sadly the images because otherwise we wouldn't be it seems like very sudden yeah i mean one uh, of the things that was interesting out of it though came the analysis across the board saying that counter to what i'm sure a lot of people even in our world thought is that uh, every article uh, from the bbc to mm -hmm. air current and all those people like that said China has one of the safest aviation systems in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's statistically, it's true. It's one of the yeah. top three in the world. Um, there have been, there was not a single life loss since 2012 or some, maybe even longer than that. And I think what all of these articles then pointed out was this was on the back of a heinous safety record in the eighties and nineties. Mm -hmm. And the whole industry went over this, this, uh, period of regulation and then re-deregulation um, post kind of state ownership or quasi-state ownership. So now it is an incredibly safe, incredibly highly regulated aviation system, which I think a lot of us overlooked either because of just general bias or just because yeah, they didn't actually about talk say, about it. Bias is terrible. Yeah, yeah, certainly for me. It's, it's sad like, because every time there's a if there are those incidents or in whatever field, but of course aviation, you have these stereotypes that come back. And I, like I, I've, I've flown domestic China. And I mean, honestly, I, it's, it's more than fine. Yeah. I mean, the services, it's something else we can discuss about the services sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different, but, but it's very safe. It is very safe. I remember in the eighties and nineties, my father, as you guys, some of you guys know, was working in the airline industry and in, in what was in Hong Kong would not let us travel on Chinese airlines domestically yeah. at the, in, in the time because it was that dangerous. And now he flies them all the time and wouldn't hesitate saying, oh, China Southern, they're amazing long haul. So, I, you know, kudos to them. Was it the, the CAAC yeah. or something like that? But anyway, they've done a, a rigorous and thorough job of, of um, addressing all of these these issues. Yeah, I think, and, and I mean, they've done it because uh, the other example, and I think you, your dad was saying the same, it was about uh, Garuda, yeah. uh, yes. Indonesian yeah. aircraft. And Indonesia, so Garuda itself now has a good record, but the rest of Indonesia is still kind of like, uh, depends on where you fly, yeah. right? Uh, and it's nothing to do with a max crash because actually Lion Air is, is actually considered a good airline. But the, uh, so yeah, because the, and, and I would even say that the Philippines having flown there, I mean, they, they haven't had like ma major um, yeah. issues, like major crashes or whatever. But honestly, every time I was flying domestic, I was like, the hell is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just don't block and nothing has happened. Now, maybe I'm, I'm being too harsh and I'm sorry because I have a lot of friends in the Philippines that must be hating me right now for saying that. But honestly, sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and China, no, I think China did a good job. Yeah, I do too. I do too. So hopefully we'll learn the cause of this and we can learn from it and then move on. As always. Yeah, as always. So, Mess, um, let's, let's go to the, uh, the, the twice weekly ITBA meltdown. Um, so <laughs> Dude. You actually experienced it because we've been hearing for 
a few weeks, like IT meltdowns over IT meltdowns, like luggages that were stuck or lost, or there were images at T5 at Ethro where people were told, basically, leave without your luggage. You, we might have them in a few days. Yeah. Turned out sometimes two weeks to get reunited with your luggage if it was not lost. This has been many times when they were... Uh, there was this incident uh, where um, I think all the bookings were down. And then your, when was it? It was uh, last it was week. A week ago now? Last week, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'll let you t tell us what the hell happened. Maybe you can intertwine with your, your story, right? But, I mean, yeah. it's hard to love BA. And I like BA, but it's hard to love BA these days. It really is. All right. Strap in, everybody. This is... <laughs> it's not wild. It's utterly predictable. But uh, we were, so we were flying to Athens to film. Um, and thank you again for all of your assistance and help on that. You made. Oh, my pleasure. I'm, I'm really sad I couldn't be there with you, especially because you were in my hood. If we were. Uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with Athens. It was uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful city. But getting there was not fun at all. Uh, so we were booked on on BA and it was the last flight. I think they have three flights a day to Athens. And it was, uh, I think, 6 p.m. got into to Athens just after midnight and dropped off at, the, at T5. And it, it immediately there, I was like, there's something weird going on. Because, you know, B, Terminal 5 has got the four entrances, one at the, either at the end and then two closer to the middle. They were stopping people from going into the terminal on the two central en entrances and pointing people towards each end. And I thought, that's weird why is I'm, I'm okay whatever i was like that's okay because the first wing is down at one end and that door's open so we walked yeah. down to to there and the queue for the first wing was out the door of the terminal <laughs> so we're talking 150 people deep when usually there's no queue it's that's yeah. kind of the yeah. point of the first wing yeah and i was like okay there's been my immediate thought was there's been an it failure <laughs> That's horrible. That that that, that yeah. had to be your first. That thing. was my right. first thought. Is is there, there's an IT failure, and we had mercifully already checked in, already got our boarding passes, had no luggage, and I I said to my wife, okay, just do, stand here in the queue for a second, and I went up to the the front of the queue and talked to the poor woman there and said, can we? Hand luggage only got my boarding pass. She's like, yeah, yeah, you can go through security. So I waved my wife over and we went, we went through uh, and boarding pass. There was a guy stuck in the boarding pass scanners because they were failing too. Like the doors wouldn't open. Yeah. So you know how you, 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 you go in, the door closes behind you or a little kind of like, yeah. and then you, you scan your boarding pass and the other set of doors, now, it wouldn't. They wouldn't let him out. And, I, and they're like, don't bother. So I tried anyway, and sure enough, let it went through. Security was quiet. And I said to the lady, what the hell is going on out there? And she said, is it chaos? I'm like, yeah. And she said, oh, they've had a system failure. <sighs> and I thought, okay. Um, maybe it's just for check-in. Maybe we've just sort of yeah, snuck in. Exactly. What what kind of IT failure yeah. is basically the game with BA every three days? Which one is today? Exactly. And so the, the lounge, the, I was expecting the lounge to be heat, just a disaster. But actually, it was like it always is. And there was sort of, okay. you know, 80% capacity and all of that. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking on the app. And you sit down and they tur they've turned off all of the FIDs. Oh. And every 15 minutes, they were making announcements saying, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to inform you 
that we have no information. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. That was the announcement. Every Once again, we'd like to tell you we have no information. Oh, God. And then I'm keeping an eye on my on the app, keeping an eye on the app, keeping an eye on the app, keeping an eye on the app. Just still on time, still on time, still on time, still on time. Canceled. Oh. And then they, they make an announcement saying, ladies and gentlemen, we gather that some of you are seeing canceled in the app. Don't do anything because it might not be right. Oh, my. What? <laughs> and at that point, there's a... There's a queue of people going, you know how there's the customer service desk? Uh, yeah, there's yeah. one poor woman with no information uh, trying to tell people I've got no information. And I, <laughs> after I, I looked and I saw that, and then the fids came back up and then one screen went off and one, they said, ignore the screens because they're not up to date. My God. And so the queue starts building and I looked, I looked on various sources, uh, to mm -hmm. check the status of our flight to Athens and they were all showing canceled. So I went and stood up uh, in the queue to see what their systems were showing. And as I, as I was waiting, I could see that she, that this poor woman was just looking at screenshots of this, of the FIDs from the terminal that somebody had sent her on WhatsApp. No way. Oh my God. <laughs> and the poor guy behind me, he was just trying to get to Newcastle. <laughs> And I was like, dude, you could have walked from now by now. <laughs> so no one knew what to do. And of course, so I, I look and I'm like, well, I have to get to, I have to get to Athens. There's, I cannot yeah. not get to Athens. Greg was already there. He'd taken the easy jet flight out of Gatwick, which I really wish I had done. <laughs> there was a, a 7 a.m. flight the next day. And I thought, okay, we'll just, we'll get a hotel. I know how this all, this all works. But as soon as I, they had confirmed that the flight had been canceled, that flight was full. And then the rest oh. of the flights for the rest of the day were. And so, again, I jumped in. The oh, so they didn't auto-put you or no, something? they said. So, as I was waiting in the queue, this this manager was kind of briefing this poor woman saying, yeah. you know, here are the yeah. frequently asked questions and here's the answers. And I overheard basically everyone, which was, um, book yourself on a flight um, because we're, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, oh and whatever you can. Uh, and then put yourself in a hotel um which and then claim it back um and then and then figure it out from there we were lucky because we had no luggage there were people yeah, who it was not stuck. You, you, you couldn't leave the terminal because where the you know you, you weren't going to get your luggage everything was down everything was yeah. down there was no baggage coming out so uh i and i remember sorry to interrupt because i was you were telling me alex was telling me this story i was at home and I was checking, and other friends were stuck as well, either inbound and outbound. So there were also people at other airports and BA flights couldn't actually yeah. leave. People were weird. And, I mean, uh, you, you went on Twitter, and it was just, again, and I feel sorry yeah, for the disaster. people on yeah, social media. And, and there were even like, um, so a friend of mine was telling me that he was in the, I don't remember which airport, was he Lisbon? I don't remember. Uh, and the, the captain, the pilot, came on the PA and said, uh, I'm trying to, to place a new flight plan without my with my mobile phone, yeah. with his iPhone or whatever, because the, 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 the IT failure was preventing all the load sheets to be All the load sheets, know, all the flight plans, yeah, all the weight and balance, Everything. and the phone system. Imagine the pilot with his phone trying yeah. to say, maybe I can bypass. Yeah, that's HTTP. exactly what it was, because the phone systems had gone down, so the pilots couldn't call into flight ops and get yeah. it done manually. 
So they were all sitting on the ground in Nice and Tel Aviv saying, we can't file our flight plan, so we can't leave. Nothing. And when uh, they were holding everybody at the outbound airports or the inbound airports saying, we don't know if we can even operate the gates. We won't be able to get the luggage off or anything like that. So Twitter was lighting up with people who had been on airplanes for hours in 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 Tel Aviv and on the, on, which the, is why we, on the ground. Yeah, on the ground, which is why it makes sense. I mean, in the catastrophe, oh, catastrophe is a bit of a big word, but in the mess, it makes sense. It made sense for I think BA decided to cancel all the our, all the flights uh, six p.m. onwards, yep. because I mean, yeah, all the inbounds couldn't come, so they just said, you know what, we're gonna. I guess that's their thinking. We basically canceling today. Let's restart maybe tomorrow Monday. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, it's gonna. That's be exactly right. I mean, while I was waiting in line, I was looking, and there was an Aegean flight that left in ninety minutes from a different terminal, and I was like. I don't even know how we're going to get out of the terminal if they've set anything up that's reasonably straightforward. But there was a Swiss flight via Zurich that left at 6 a.m. from Heathrow. The Swiss always save you. Know. The, no, I mean, and they really did because that was the earliest flight. There was a BA flight at 7, but I, just, I didn't trust them trust. that flight was yeah. going to operate. So I yeah, booked, I mean, last minute, two people on Swiss, and it wasn't it wasn't cheap, but... By the time I got to the to the to the front of the line, I had overheard the answer to n most of my questions, which was, "You're going to pay me back, right, for all of this?" And they said, "Yeah, just just go." Uh, I found a hotel in the nick of time, which was the whatever the the one right inside Terminal Two is. I think it's a um, oh Hilton Garden. Yeah, I've never tried it. Like it's pretty new, actually. Yeah, brand new. Um, Brand new, yeah. So to get out, it's next to the car park. Yeah, right? you walk to the back of the car park, and it's yeah. it, it's yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, I've seen it building everything because I'm a big, you know. Of course, I'm uh, Star, Star Alliance. Line, I've yeah. seen it build over time, over time. But it, it, I think it opened during the pandemic. It did open in, in the pandemic, and I'm so glad it did yeah. because then you're not faffing with shuttle buses at six a.m. Yeah. But as I as I was walking back to to my wife. Um, does the board lit up with those cancellations you just mentioned everything and people were like you know going to south africa and they said they made an announcement saying ladies and gentlemen if you're on ba i think it's 48 and 49 or something like that to cape town and, and johannesburg respectively don't worry your flight hasn't been canceled it's just been delayed overnight and i was like that's basically a cancellation. You're telling them they're not going for 24 hours, but you're not going to give them their luggage. They're going to keep it because the flight's not canceled. Yeah, and also because they're probably unable to actually look at the luggage. So they'd say, you know, they, they pretend it's just yeah. delayed. So to get out, you go down. We went downstairs and um, to gate A18, which is right underneath the lounge. And they were basically... You would you as opposed to going through the the boarding pass scanner and then staying at the same level and walking onto the jet bridge. You went yeah. down the escalator, which is ordinarily blocked off, and then yeah. out into arrivals. Immigrate. You go oh, yeah. through immigration, scan your boarding pass, and then when we came through the the baggage claim, it was like a refugee processing center. And I'm not I'm not saying that to be <laughs> funny or exaggerate. There was, they'd brought out snack carts with waters and crisps because people had been there for hours and no one knew what to do. The staff all looked just exhausted and fed up because they weren't be giving any information. And we jumped on the uh, Heathrow Express to Terminal 2 and into the, uh, into this hotel, which 
By the way, if you're ever at Heathrow, the 14th floor of the Hilton Garden Inn or whatever it is, the Hilton Inn has an amazing bar with 360 degree views. Oh, you sent me a picture of the, of the airfield. So I ate it. Uh, so because my cleaning lady is next door actually doing the Hoover, I'm going to let you continue the story with the Swiss flight. Okay. And especially I want to hear uh, how Megan found Swiss. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> that was the only thing. I ate a terrible burger and had an overpriced beer, but I got the, the absolutely wonderful, wonderful <laughs> views. Uh, and, you know, the hotel is fine and all that. Alarm goes off at 3.30 in the morning. Walk wonderfully over to T2, which was an absolute zoo. Just a disaster. The queue to get through security, which wasn't open yet. And this is like 4, 4, 4, 30, 4, 45 with our flight being at 6. I was, was the first flight to leave. The queue must have been two, 300 people deep. Yeah, they only open, sorry, because you're here in the hoovering. The, the queue always open, only opens at 5, always. Yeah. Uh, because I've taken that flight, the 6 a.m. one. And so is, I mean... Without even being a zoo, it's always been stressful because you're like, Ooh, will I make yeah. it? I mean, you always do, but... Yeah. There were so many people that they were having to queue people who needed to check in to like TAP and Lufthansa who share that main central check-in concourse out the door. There was no no airport staff. These two poor women, I think they were from Ethiopian or TAP or something, who were just trying to help their own customers, were, were basically traffic controlling people who splitting across queues. Eventually, I mean, getting through security was fine, but they've got these new scanners where you don't have to take out your, your laptop or anything Finally. like that. But they didn't tell anybody <laughs> until this poor, what? frustrated, bedraggled woman who was doing the security processing stood up on the table and said, don't take anything out. You don't have to. And people were faffing with all of their stuff. But it was it was a. Do you, do you still have to take your belts and stuff? Right, it's just the luggage. You don't have. No, to they have the particle scanners. Are they? Are they oh. called particle scanners? Anyway, yeah, um, they have those now too. So you go through that as a matter of course. And the Star Trek. And, yeah, exactly, and not as not as a as exception. And you get through, and the, the the terminal is is silent. There's nobody there, and you walk up. And I was excited from the knowing and i think you and i talked about this uh as yeah. it was happening i was excited because it was a 220 from <laughs> london to zurich and my wife was like what the hell are you talking about i was like it's just a, <laughs> let me have this it's just a neat little <laughs> sleek looking plane it's fun i love that plane and of course you know uh, boarding was was easy and and swiss <laughs> you know yeah exactly that's i think that's the right definition right and then, you know it was it was a busy flight but it's it's so easy and we were we were slightly late because we were waiting for people who were stuck in that stuck at the insecurity exactly. and but it was it's such a short flight it's such an easy flight and i kept telling megan you know zurich is is this is the world champion for tight layovers. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, and I was excited having, no, I, I agree. It's easy. It was so easy. And, um, you know, she, I think appreciated that she doesn't eat chocolate. So I was like, okay, when that lady comes around with a basket of chocolate, you take yours and you give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I was like, don't say no, thank you. Um, and it, yeah, the one thing I, I observed about Swiss is that it is, no frills done properly. Yep. 
Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good definition. I think an economy is exactly that. It's um, yeah, that's the perfect definition. I There's you, you're, it's buy on board the coffee, but the coffee was was good. I've you know it's one of those ones with the filter built into the lid. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. tastes good because it's proper filter coffee. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no power at the seats, yep. but it feels, and and that's fine. Uh, where, you know, on some of the, the budget carriers, it does feel like you're nickel and, and diming me. But, it, yeah. you know, we got... And, and, and for, for people who have no context, if you actually, because I've done it several times, of course, being Swiss myself, uh, I always do compare with EasyJet, uh, for instance, to go to Switzerland. And the price is usually five to 10 pounds difference. Yeah. So we're not talking about you paying twice the amount compared to a low cost to get... A, a slightly better service. It's literally the same and the, price most of the time. It, yeah, I mean, most it wasn't times, all things considered. Late last minute flight uh, on a on a good carrier. It wasn't that expensive, and of course, they invest in where it makes sense. So the seats are comfortable. The um, they have obviously those wonderful little um, screens on the yeah. two twenty, which show the route map and everything. But then the the Swiss app especially when you're doing a connecting flight is so freaking good. It just shows you, it shows you visually. Of course it shows you visually. It, it, it diagrammatically where you are on the journey and the times you have, it's just so. so oh, wow. I've never tried because I know, you know, I know the, the layout of Xerox. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Cool. But just like, you know, you're on this part of the journey and then you've got, yeah, you, you've got this amount for the, and it's going to go on this gate and that will take you about 10 minutes. And so you, wow. yeah, oh, that's very you good. get, you got to Zurich and I'm like, we only have an hour. That's plenty of time to get a coffee, a croissant, relax. You, we don't need to worry about this. She's like, are you sure it's only an hour? I'm like, this isn't Detroit. This is Zurich. <laughs> You know, so, the, so you or Frankfurt, yeah. you do have to walk a, a reasonably long way. I think it was you know a, a ten yeah. or fifteen minute walk, but then it's, yeah, because you are out uh, out Schengen, so you gates D when you're you arrive, and you need to probably move to A. We were, exactly, we were, we were in A. So and interestingly, you go through passport control. Yeah, of course. But they also are doing COVID checks there as well. Oh, so the poor immigration officer was like. Where are you going? How long are you in, in Switzerland for? I'm like, oh, we're just transferring. He's like, okay. Where are you going? Athens. Okay. Flips through and he's like, okay, let me see your vaccination uh, card and all of that. I'm like, wow, you guys have to do this too. But it was all, of course, very, very quick and very easy. And as we were walking from D to A, yeah. Megan was kind of like side-eyeing all of the uh, the shops and the the eateries going, this is a really good airport. <laughs> and I'm like, what makes you say that? She's like, oh, you know, it's all, all nice shops and everything, but like all the food, like all of the the sandwiches and the pastries, and they look like what you would find in a in Paris or something. Like not in the airport, but actually out and yeah. about. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm happy she liked. Yeah, it. yeah. And but we have validation from an external point of view it, because I'm obviously biased. It and I and I was like, shit, I've really bigged this up. I've bigged up Swiss and I've bigged up an airport as much as one can to somebody who's not a, you know, a bona fide <laughs> AV geek. But it, you know, the our flight was late arriving from Stockholm, the inbound flight to take us to Athens, and so our flight was was late leaving by about half an hour. But it was always the, it kept you up to date. There was no fuss. Boarding was was smooth onto a three twenty. Um, 
and the, the flight was very full, but it was it was all done so well. What's interesting though is they've got the drop down monitors on the three twenty, and they played the i the you know the moving map for like the first half an hour of the three and a bit hour flight, no two and a, two and a bit hour flight to two and a half, yeah, to Athens, and then the rest of it was like a B roll video of London, what? and then a B roll video of Paris. What? Yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> I was weird. like, "What's why? Put can you put the map back on?" So, <laughs> so, <laughs> but again, like Swiss, what a joy! Uh, you get you know get there, take the taxi into into town at Athens and all of that. Interestingly, no immigration to Athens. I was not prepared for that. Schengen, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. This is why sometimes I would instead of doing a direct to Athens, I would go via Switzerland. Because when I arrive in Athens, it's, you know, straight out. Schengen, so COVID, you just go straight. It's like domestic check. US. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. Uh, you showed me about your vaccine. Bizarre for us. It was weird. Right. I was like, I've, we've gone, this is what's happening. <laughs> but yeah, so that, I mean, Swiss saved the day. Zurich saved the day. It was nice to have a, we had, had breakfast there in, Zur in Zurich airport. And on the way back, I was the one thing I wanted to make sure was because BA didn't reaccommodate us, didn't automatically book us on another flight from London to Athens, like they said they would, but never did. I wanted to make sure that because we we essentially no didn't shit, take the didn't, outbound, you wouldn't the, exactly that our return flight. So I I asked them at, at Heathrow and they said just yeah. it shouldn't be a problem, but check with Ath BA at Athens when you arrive. I'm like okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I'll be on the wrong side of the airport. I'm not gonna do that. I kept looking at it. Kept looking at it. Like, no, it's all fine. I was able to pick my seats for the flight back, which was it. Okay, good. I think half that's past, a sign that it's you're you're on yeah, the flight. Half half past four in the afternoon, and I and we'd finished filming by this by this day, and I thought we got up. Like, let's wander back in. To we found this great little um, bakery in uh, near the Central Market in Athens. Let's go back there and wander around and then maybe we'll have some lunch and we'll go to the airport, get there around, I don't know, just maybe just before three for a 4.45 flight. And at about 11.30 in the morning, I get a text message saying, sorry, your flight's been canceled. Your BA flight's <laughs> been canceled. Help themselves. And then, but, but don't worry, we've put you on the last flight of the day. Yeah, the, later. the later one. And I had a speaking gig the next day at 9.30. And I was like, well, it gets in it. Get, we'll be at the hotel by like midnight in London. That should be fine. And then I thought, yeah, but what if? I don't trust them. Exactly. I don't trust That's them to operate this flight. So yeah, they'll say it's canceled again or something. There was a flight at 11, no, at 1 p.m. And I was looking at my watch going, it's 11.15 and we're nowhere near the hotel. So I booked us on that flight, used the fantastic Beat taxi app that you told me about. Oh, yeah. Taxi to the hotel, grab the bags, taxi to the airport, and on to this this one uh, one thirty flight or whatever it was, and we we made it, yeah. and it was fine, and it got us there. But yeah, but it's stressful. It's stressful, and then T five was a shit show when we got there, and the half the <laughs> things weren't working, and we, there was nobody there to it's really bad. to to operate the uh, uh, the the, what is it? The landing guide, uh, the taxi guide to get us into the gate. Oh. And the BA sent us an email at the exact time they texted me, which was basically, 
trying to explain why they'd canceled the flight, but all it came off as, gosh, it's hard to run an airline. Oh my. It was really lame. I mean, it's... Uh... You know, they have this new CEO who replaced Alex Cruz, and he, he made the good moves in terms of what well, he announced. I think they're bringing back food, uh, non, so you don't have to pay on board for economy. They're, I mean, in terms of the announcement and how they see the culture of the company, and everything, I mean, but just fix your IT yeah, issues, guys. It, because the rest, I think, the people at BA have always been great. I like them. This is why, for me, the separation between like and yeah. love is because, yeah, I can love the people and the crew usually have been great, etc. But the The fact that it's always, I've always had issues and it seems to be increasing if you just read the news for the past three weeks since basically, since basically travel is picking up. So it makes it like, I don't trust them. Well, that's it. I mean, it, 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 this <laughs> trip fundamentally eroded my trust in BA to get me from point A to point B when they say they're going to. Oh, they will always do it safely. I'm not never worried about that. No, that's, yeah, that's different. But yeah, whether they will actually do it, and I'm not going to be booking, you know, Megan's flying to, to California next month, and I said, you know what? Virgin's the same price. Why don't you give them a whirl? See what, tell me what you think. Um, oh, I was I was thinking about her because I was like, okay, she's done, she probably does, haven't done a lot of BA. She came to the UK with BA when the story you told us in the last episode And our first experience is like being completely backed up, first wing. I mean, you wanted to make something nice yeah. for her because, of course, you like also flying and nothing works. Yeah, it, it was, <laughs> And on both ends, on both, you know, inbound, outbound. It was infuriating. It was really just the whole thing felt really slapdash. And I know that it's going to take me months to get my money back. And interestingly, on Flyer Talk, of course, there was it's just lit up with all this stuff. There were people, because there, there's been a major, or if you want to call it catastrophic IT failure every month this year with BA. Yeah, that's why I said by Yeah, and people were saying, every two days. you know, it's, it's, it's been months. They've been waiting for months to, yeah. to, to get uh, made whole again. And we're talking thousands of pounds. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to drag them down unless they. I don't know. I was I was having these exchange with Ed Parsons on Twitter, and and I said uh, they need to scrap and start all over the IT. I mean, they. You were telling me they're using some saber tech stuff from the '60s, and they just build. It's like a whole, you know, badly made factory with bolts and stuff put on top of each other. And the thing is, this is what we just said. The the fact that. Travel is clearly picking up in the UK because, I mean, as you guys know, that we haven't had any restrictions basically from the last summer, but now there's not even a restriction of travel. So no inbound testing, no outbound testing, nothing. Vaccine, no vaccine, it doesn't care. So we're back in 2019. Yeah. And although, of course, there's a, there's inflation, so there's a crisis, because, you know, some people are suffering in terms of their wages. People are just wanting, there's a pent-up demand, and it, it's crazy. And suddenly these IT issues that were already always there, it's been here for years, for like the decade or something, well, they, 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 they're coming up again because suddenly the, the, the scale of it makes it that everything suddenly breaks. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, and, and BA doesn't, I don't know how they're going to solve this because I want to like them, I want yeah, to yeah. love them, but I can't. Well, we I mean, either... It, I will fly Qatar to go well, somewhere. Well, exactly. Because I can use my aim. Irrespective of whether or not we like them, we depend on them. Because yeah, that's they are our local carrier and they don't have, I mean, no one has the reach that they do, um, at least directly, you know, if we want to go. No. But but thinking of, uh, about it, if I need to do a 45-minute layover in Zurich to get somewhere that is reasonably in the same direction that I could take BA, I will think twice about those stopovers. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just just for peace of mind, if not comfort. 
I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, they're not being the only in terms of because I just so there's the IT things and there's a pandemic and the pent up demand that is co coming back. So these two things are separate, but of course they kind of coalesce in one yep. sudden big and boom. Because other airlines having issues, EasyJet has canceled like thousands of flights as well. Ryanair has canceled flights. I don't think Virgin has, but I'm not sure. I'm flying to I'm flying them tomorrow. So I hope no, I think that they're nothing. reasonably immune <laughs> from it because it's. I mean, they're so much smaller. I, it's funny actually you say that yeah. because there was a woman. Uh, in front of me in the in the customer service queue, who was a BA flight attendant in uniform, and she was just trying to get up to I think Manchester maybe, and they said, she said, um, "You've rebooked me, but from another airport." <laughs> they wanted her to go over to Lucy, and I said, "This is, I was joking, uh, you know," and I said, uh, "This has never happened with you guys, would it?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, but we're tiny." So we can fix yeah. it manually. No, of you course, know? of course. That's so. That was. That's why I said the scale of it and the scale. So, I think there's a. So if we if we remove the IT issues, which should have been fixed, and maybe Alex, that's a legacy of Alex Cruz, maybe like outsourcing everything. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to just you know. There's a there's a saying in French. We say. Um, shooting on the ambulance, right? It's like uh, he's already wounded. What would you actually add? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, but. But if you remove, if you just think about a pandemic, it's true that other airlines have been having issues because we have, I mean, first there's like staff shortages because a lot of airlines have simply let go of yeah. people during the pandemic. I mean, BA especially, they've actually used the pandemic to restructure. And when you suddenly have to, at very fast speed, rehire a lot of people, but it's difficult because a lot of people are not available. Some of them don't want to work with airlines anymore because they might have found other jobs. And you cannot, it's not like, you know, people need to be trained. You cannot have cabin crew hiring them tomorrow. Yeah. You need to train them if you want to create new ones. So they they probably didn't expect such a huge demand for Easter since we started that. We're in the Easter holidays. Um, so they have, there's a bit of like lack of anticipation, lack of stuff. And of course, there's, let's be honest, there's 5 million people with COVID in the, in the UK this week. Um, so there's also sure, uh, staff that is simply not showing up. I've had a friend of mine um, having his flight canceled because simply they didn't have enough cabin crew uh, to operate a flight because there's a number of cabin crew per passenger. That's uh, law, right? And um, I, of course, before people say anything, yeah, COVID is not the current, at least... <laughs> This Omicron 2, whatever, is mild, if you want to use that term. I mean, let's not get into that debate. Yep. But the point is, the staff is not showing up. They're not, uh, so the rules, the, chain, the, the rules in the UK have changed. You don't have to isolate anymore if you have COVID. But obviously, companies don't want to, especially in a cabin crew, you don't want to put a cabin crew having COVID and giving it to half of the aircraft yeah. uh, because it would be bad. It could be brand uh, damage, right? So at the end, of the, 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 these issues exist. But... On top of that, if you add the IT issues, then you, you, you arrive at a position. I don't know if they're going to solve it. Of course, once the holidays are over, maybe there'll be less uh, passenger. But uh, And that includes, by the way, that includes handling at airports is where we have um, luggage issues. That includes staff um, for even simply to, to get you to, to, like you just said, like to... to, 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 to Make the traffic. What was the, I can't remember what those things are called. The, yeah, the, the, the gate guidance <laughs> systems or whatever they're called. Yes. And the gate themselves, there's so many people were stuck because there was no one to operate the gate. Uh, there's not enough staff, clearly, right? And um, it's, um, I mean, and it's not only Heathrow, it's Manchester. Uh, the images last week were <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It was people pl playing Tetris with luggages. Yeah, the, the and, uh, chief executive of Manchester Airports just resigned as a result. Oh, yeah. did he? 
Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a it's a mess. Yeah, it, it, it's a mess. But well, the one thing you know, we used to talk in this show about technology and how it helps you create a seamless experience. And you've just mentioned the um, the Swiss app, and you have all these airlines, including mine, Virgin, flying them for the first time tomorrow, that are, keep saying, "Arrive early for your flight. Arrive mm -hmm. early for your flight because there's long queues, etc." And I'm like, "What does that mean, early? Yeah, three hours." Five hours, yeah. seven hours, because you know airports should be working. I know it's easy to say, but should be working in 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 in, in unison with these airlines to say, look, they know how many people are at the airport right now. They or they know that for the past week there's been X amount of people at T five, X amount of people at T three. That's where I'm flying. Just say, guys, the queues were two hours yesterday, so please come four hours. I don't. They should have a little bit, give a little bit of expectation yeah. because I've seen people, friends of mine, actually. I've been going like eight hours before a flight. Oh. And I get it because you you're yeah. like, I don't want to miss it. It's my holiday. Yeah. But then it adds up because you have people that are too early on top of people that are not too early. And that creates even more people in the airport because there's no sense of you can't, yeah. when, yeah. you know. And it's not also the fault, you know, checking, I have to ask like so many questions. So yeah. what, depending on destination, do you have your vaccination? Do you have your PCR? Do you have X, X and Y and Z? Uh, so check-in takes much longer mm -hmm. than it used to. So it's not, I'm not putting the fault, you know, the poor guys are checking and they have to control everything. But it just creates, a, I think we should have, at least airports should give us a little bit more of anticipation. I don't know how it is in your countries, guys, but here it's a mess. Yeah, it, it really is a mess. And I don't, it's going to be a long time before it gets any better. Yeah, I think I think I think so too. Talking about Swiss, it was um, because it's currently happening. There's been uh, this story of um, a two twenty since you flew in a two twenty landing in Miami in parallel with a triple seven by Swiss. And uh, why is a two twenty of Swiss in Miami? That makes no sense at all. They do not fly these kind of routes. If you want to see a two twenty and you live in Santiago, Santiago de Chile. There's uh, the FIDE, which is the Air and Space Fair, and uh, Airbus has asked Swiss, could you bring us a 220 so we can show to people the airlines? Obviously, I think they want to you know, prop that aircraft. It's such a great airline. So if you are in Santiago de Chile uh, from the 5th, so uh, yesterday, to the 10th, uh, if you go to that air show, you can be able to see a 220 from Swiss and understand what Alex is talking about. It, but it must have been fun to see like a 220 yeah. in Miami landing parallel with a... Triple seven from Swiss doesn't happen often. <laughs> uh, by the way, anything else you wanted to add about Athens Airport? Or well, no, it's um, it's funny when um, Greg left the day before um, because he had a commitment, and I I sent him a message saying, "How did you find the airport?" And this is before I went. And he's like, "You know what? It's it's very good. Um, it's it's tight and uh, efficient and and easy." And he was just impressed by it. And I had the same experience. Uh, dropped off the line for outbound immigration. It's nice having outbound immigration right yeah. there. As the, right the, there. Is it the first, yeah, it is the first thing you do because then you don't have to worry if you're going to the, basically outside of Schengen, you know, yeah, there's two. Basically, either you go, there are Schengen gates and non-Schengen gates. And once you pass, you're in you're in your, your own, own area and you don't have access to yeah. anything. But this was not. You yeah. go through. It was very fast, uh, and then through the security, it's very good. fast, and into the bright, clean, uh, you know, uh, reasonably austere but in a functional way airport. I was impressed. It's been built by the Germans. Yeah. So, okay. Well, there you Probably go. Why. I mean, it's the whole experience. It, it looks like Munich in some aspects. Right? Munich easy. Airport. It's, uh, it's very efficient. 
very yeah. yeah no i like it compared to the old one which was we'll talk about one the old one one day i mean yeah it's it's a fantastic story maybe i'll do an episode on this um Oh yeah, so I hope my, my flight doesn't get cancelled uh, tomorrow. It seems to be okay. I should be fine because all these airlines usually they prioritize long, you know, long yeah. haul, and I'm flying long haul, obviously. Uh, but and talking about these checking checking roll, so I'm flying to Saint Lucia, and uh, on Saturday, so I was supposed to do Saint Lucia had a rule that vaccinated passengers visitors, sorry, need to have a PCR five five days. It was quite generous, yeah, five generous. days prior. Yeah, yeah, right. Usually it's forty-eight hours, perhaps three days, but five days. And so I had booked my thing for for Sunday, and then on Saturday, unexpectedly, they said, "Well, we're we're changing. You can come without any testing." Mm. The issue I saw there, which is great because I cancelled, then my got refunded of my PCR, which was quite expensive. So I'm very happy about it. But the issue that I'm seeing is that then, from the information to trickle down from the tourism board to the airline, the airline was still telling me, "No, you need to show up with a PCR." I was calling. I'm like. Hey, it's on the official website. Uh, kudos to St. Lucia because I ended up like, I was a bit freaking out. Like, I don't, I'm going to win the argument at checking, but I don't want to spend an hour explaining that I don't need to have a test. Uh, of course, maybe by tomorrow they will have actually settled down, but yeah, I was a bit anxious. And that's, and so I, I, I wrote to the St. Lucia tourism board in, in St. Lucia and I wrote to the office here in London and they both replied within 15 minutes. Wow. And by the way, it's a, St. Lucia, at that time, it was 3 a.m. because it was right wow. in the morning because they're on they are New York um, time, if you want to, to have a time zone. And, and they not only send me, like, no, we don't do travel authorization anymore, you can come in, just blah, blah, blah. But they also send me, like, the press release and say, you can show that a check-in if they actually make any issues. We've already told them, but you know. Bravo. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's very, very impressive. That is impressive. Even, <laughs> that, that, so, Yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Talking about uh, Virgin, I've, I've done the status match because you've um, you were telling me about it. So I, after the episode last time, I quickly went and I saw that the status match um, thing was running until I think the end of March. It's too late, guys. Now the reason I mentioned, it, of course, I got called, uh, which is really cool because tomorrow I'll be able to try the um, the clubhouse mm -hmm. that lounge that I've never been into. I've been to the one in New York, but never the one here. Um, the one thing that was interesting is that they had this whole table of what status you needed at other airlines to get gold. And as you know, guys, I have Emirates gold, but I would have give, given me Virgin silver because they need platinum mm -hmm. for Emirates. I have Lufthansa gold, but they said, no, that's silver because you need to be Han. Mm -hmm. on the, so I was really lucky that BA doesn't have like a, or that they didn't consider guest list as a, yeah, the, the actual gold here. because it was like, I'm going to get silver. <laughs> Anyway, I'm very happy yeah. to, to. I can't wait to that. hear what you. And uh, I have, so I can. I have four gold, which never happened only once in my life. I have like when I used to have. Um, oh, it's never going to last, guys, because I'm not flying anymore. So now they're stopping like renewing these. So anyway, uh, masks are being dropped. So for all the people that fly in UK British Airlines, if you fly to a destination that is doesn't require a mask, you don't have it. We're probably the first airlines in the world to do that. I don't know how I feel about that. It's still optional, obviously. BA is not very clear what they're doing. No, I mean, our but, flight from uh, Athens was masks were mandatory. Yeah, because I think BA like backtracked. They did, didn't they? they? Said, yeah. Yes, and then they said, no. For me, uh, I've uh, received the email from Virgin to say tomorrow it's optional. Uh, no, thanks. But I think the, the, the only, the only, it must be really weird because we're the only ones in the world. I think most people in don't 
have this option. Mm. US is still a thing, at least until mid-April. That's where they're going to renew maybe the mandate. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just saying it's interesting because it feel weir- feels weird after two yeah. years to say, oh, it's an option? Yeah, I, I okay. think I'll stick with my mask for a while. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't I, Honestly, it doesn't bother me at all. Like zero. Um, it's funny that the, the CEO of TAP had said uh, that mask will go forever. I'm like, <clears throat> maybe not. Tim Clark said two, three years. Yeah, he said that I think two months ago. I think that's. I think given more... the breadth of their network, that makes sense. Yeah, and um, or, or you can go Daft Punk if you buy that Dyson yeah. thing. That have you seen? <laughs> you, you get a vacuum cleaner on your mouth. You're not going to get any Daft COVID. Punk. <laughs> Okay, so quickly, my plans yeah. to Dubai, and then I'm going to go to yours. We just have the time. Yeah, we will just have time to do these both. So it was fun to go back to Dubai. So it felt that the headline is it didn't feel that much different for 2019, to be honest. Which is all. good. You let me know what you, what you thought about your flight to. I mean, I know you went to Mali and then to Dubai, but uh, the chauffeur service was similar. The only difference is that uh, um, it used to be Tristar, and now it's Addison Lee. And it's just note that it's they send you like a text every five minutes saying you need to confirm your booking of a chauffeur, and it never works. But they still showed up. So um, then T uh, three Terminal three, where they fly from, uh, was relatively busy, but not you know we're talking about now a month ago. Uh, but consider the fact that T4 is still closed. You have Etihad and you have SkyTeam at T3. So it feels kind of not too busy. I don't know about, again, this is different now. The check-in was super easy. You know, I was super early. I was like, my God, you know, I have to cho- cho- show PCR, blah, blah, blah. It took me 45 seconds. Wow. Check my passport, check my uh, vaccination record. No, I didn't check my vaccination records because they didn't care um, Dubai. Uh, check just simply the PCR. Yeah. And that was it. So I was way too ahead of time. I passed by the the lounge by uh, Cathay. Oh, I did the Should same I try to thing. Go in? Should I try to go in? Should I try to go in? It was in the morning, so it was open. I was like, ah. But of course, I wasn't flying there, so no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, AA is closed, by the way. It was oh. closed. I don't know if it's still the case. The, the, the lounge. So I went to the lounge and it was rammed because the earlier flight had been delayed. So you still had the people from the earlier flight. Plus it was early anyway. So, but it was fine. The thing, I know you had a different experience. There was no nuts. <laughs> oh, I heard about this. <laughs> 25 times. I must have. You I, were I, so. Alex, 25. There were no nuts. And I was like, what's going on? For me, the, the, the Emirates experience comes with the nuts. And by the way, there were no nuts in the flight either. So I don't understand what happened. I mean, Alex had a different, like a week later, it changed. But for me, I had no nuts. And I was like, what? And I asked and said, no, we, we don't have nuts. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Go look. It was one of the things you always did. <laughs> it was like, for me, it's a ritual. I would arrive at a lounge or take a plate of nuts and maybe a coffee or something. And with the nuts was essential to my Emirates experience. I was, I was totally pissed off. Alex didn't hear the end of it because I think I'm thinking <laughs> 25 times about it. I like withdrawal symptoms of nuts. Um, <laughs> it's obviously my flight ha- was delayed because the previous had been. I think it's like what we call in the Tube of London, we call that regulating the service, I guess. It works basically on flight. The service, yeah. uh, first, I got upgraded to first, so obviously Amazing. that was fantastic. Honestly, I mean, I've done it so many times. I know I feel like blasé, uh, but it was really, really great. Again, no nuts. That's the only thing that the downside, which changed my routine forever. But for the rest, you know, it was, of course, you had all these, you probably seen that as well. Like, um, 
oh, this seat has been cleaned and sanitized mm-hmm. for use and all these little things everywhere. And you're like, okay, fine. But, you know, the crew was great. They they were really fun and engaging. Uh, they, the, the, I don't know, maybe it's the power of brand loyalty, man, because of course I've been flying, I've been Emirates fly for so long, but he's really happy to yeah, be back yeah. at Emirates and, and it worked really well. It, it's, um, they, they, they understand my tone of voice and it was from theirs. I don't know how to explain that. It was like, it just worked really, really well. They have a new amenity kit by Bulgari, which is really fantastic. And they, you probably had that as well. They, they have these um, branded uh, hand gels, yes. Emirates hand gels. And you're like, okay, it's cute. But I mean, why yeah, not? Yeah. Obviously, that's the power of Emirates. They have so so much scale. They do these little things. Um, so they also left like a, a, a mask on every seat in case you wanted one. I mean, I had mine, but that's also nice. I didn't take the pajama, but uh, everything honestly was absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, the the pilot came, of course, and said, since we were talking about mask earlier. Um, he said something like, I know that the rules of face max has really recently changed, but on this flight, rolls are the rolls. You'll have to wear it pretty much at all times. I think it said it that mm-hmm. twice because that's, I think that's exactly when the UK was starting to say you can do whatever. Yeah. So obviously people from the UK, I get it, by the way. But it, nothing, you know, again, I was in first. I didn't see, and I'm not even sure where, if I had to close the door, would have they checked? I didn't remove my mask. Just saying, you know, yeah. No, it was it was absolutely uh, the, the head of cabin was French. He saw my Swiss passport was French. There was somebody I don't remember whom. One of our listeners sent me a video, a, a link to a YouTube video. It's um, it's one of these you know the reviewers of seats and airlines or whatever, and I, I don't remember his name. Uh, and he says in that video that uh, Emirates first is is first class seat, but economy service mm. i was like come on what the hell yeah what about? the hell are you talking about i've flown god knows how many first in my life and this is a really good one maybe the tone of voice is more casual than on a i don't know lufthansa i get that maybe that's not your cup of tea but don't tell me it's not i mean i i literally had my glass filled every five seconds there was always someone attending to me and it's always been the case in all the flights i've taken so i don't know how people could say that it was absolutely um absolutely great so the um by the way, the the this this head of cabin told me that the private the private premium economy, which is still not on sale, is EK EK three and maybe EK two. Uh, you can have it. These are the the flights, and also the EK seventy three to Paris. These are the flights with the premium economy, and there's one to Frankfurt. So there's two to London, one to Paris, and one to Frankfurt that have. I need to experience economy. that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, you cannot buy them yet, but you can, uh, you know, pay the on the seat map. Uh, they reopened the bar. I mean, of course, for me, I hadn't flown in two years, so for me, they never closed it. But they reopened the bar. Um, it's not. Nah, it, it, that's where probably the kind of mask thing is a bit harder. Open. Yeah, <laughs> but people do not stay. So you go and you have a drink or thing, and you stay like. You basically pass by you don't stay as you used to i think that's the uh that was the current thing right so uh funnily enough i don't know how they knew that i was a first class because you know that's in back in the business class are there and the first thing they do they apologize oh we're sorry we don't have first class champagne here and i look at them and said first how do you know i'm from there and second does it show on something do I- yeah <laughs> 
to have a print, <laughs> something like a sticker in the back of my on my back, and uh, and also I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> just just I just wanted to uh, to see how it was, and it was one of the new ones, you know. So it was the the, the, the newer um, bars. It was really really cool. We arrived late uh, because we departed late, and then I'm going to admit that to the world. Something that never happened to me. We were super late, so we land at four a.m. Something like that at Dubai. I was, you know, the, you know how it is. The last moments of your flight, maybe the last hour, you kind of. I was not sleepy, but you know, mm. kind of, um, dozing off all the time. I maybe I'm old. I wasn't. I wasn't drunk. I'm going to put that all there. I blanked. I do not remember entering Dubai. <laughs> yeah. The next morning, I wake up, and the first thing I do is like. I have, you know, like, what? And then I said, because I've done it so many times, it's always the same story. I know exactly what to do exactly. The only thing that suddenly I was like, uh, I wake up, I took my passport, I opened the page, like, there's no stamp. And like, oh, I should have, I think I've used the smart gates. I don't remember. Wow. Honestly, I don't remember using the smart gate, but I probably have used it because it was so fast. It literally took me, because by the time, I, you know, on my Apple Watch, I can see my steps. It took me all, all in all from landing to probably arriving in the hotel 30 minutes. Wow. So I must have arrived, passed, take the chauffeur drive, arrived there, and just, it was so tired. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's early onset of oh, Alzheimer's or something. something. <laughs> I don't want to make a joke about Alzheimer's. I have Alzheimer's in my family. But <clears throat> yeah, it was really weird. I freaked out. I was like, I have no stamp in my passport. I, did I enter illegally in this country? They're going to they're gonna detain me now forever. <laughs> Which, by the way, when I exited the country, I passed by the smart gate. And the thing said, um, please go oh, see no. an officer. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I mean, no, come on. And I go see the officer. It took me five minutes to clear my passport. There were some other people going. I'm like, am I going to be stuck here? Yeah. And then the guy just said, fine. It didn't even stamp. So again, no stamp. So probably, I, I, don't, I would mm. never know. I'm Pardon immigration officers. I don't know what I've done on entering the country. I'm sure I've done everything right, but in case I haven't, please forgive me for my sins. Um, Dubai was fun. I went to the expo. It was pretty cool. I didn't expect it. I'm not an expo guy, but it was actually pretty cool. Um, have you have you been? No, no you didn't I didn't have, have time on this trip. It's it's. I love architecture. So it was pretty pretty fun. I am. Um, Mr. Friend was there. I want to make a shout out. Paolo Privitera. He's a bigger flyer than you and wow. me combined. Uh, he's this big sky team guy because even though he lives in San Francisco, he's of course Italian. So Alitalia, that's his brand or Ita. Or Whatever it is now. is it, by the way, Paolo? He's, and he told me, which because we were at the, same, at the expo at the same time, but we didn't realize. He told me he's visited every single expo during his lifetime and he does every single pavilion. He stayed like a wow. week. In the, I'm like, that's, wow, dedication. that's dedication. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. My God, incredible. Um, so, yeah, then the conference, just shout out to Ray Nizar, Venus, Claudia. It was great step conference. And Saeed, Saeed. So Saeed is one of our listeners. He sends me a message on, on like a reply on Twitter. says, oh, I'm going to be at a step conference. Oh, me too. So let's meet up. And the worst timing possible, we're having issues at the main stage. I go from backstage. I, I sit in the crowd to listen about Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I'm totally focused, and I'm three minutes away from being... I'm, I'm the host of the, the conference. He comes next to me and says, Hi, I'm, hi Paul, I think we... Uh, and I and I must have been... Said, I'm so sorry. I must have been really so cold and so like... 
can I meet you later? Because I was about to go back on stage. And I said, I'll meet you in the other stage a bit later. And I never saw him oh. again. And I was like texting him like, man, I mean, like on Twitter, like, hey, where are you? And I, so Said, I'm so sorry. I hope you didn't feel I was completely ignoring you or or being like, <laughs> like a cold Swiss or something. <laughs> because I was, I really wanted to talk. The guy is a cadet at Etihad. I don't know exactly. Oh, wow. So, I, man, I'm really sorry that we get a chance to talk, and I hope that we're going to have one, one, one day, or with Alex yeah. maybe as well, because it was, I mean, I would have loved knowing more, a little bit more about Etihad and your process of becoming a pilot there. I mean, I'm so, yeah, so I apologize publicly, Said, for not giving you more time, and especially from the way probably I felt a bit cold, because I was in my, ah, really, anyway. Uh, the returns, similar, so I'm not going to go a lot, uh, it was the only thing I'm going to mention is that, and I don't know, you're going to tell us in a minute, but Terminal 3 was mm-hmm. heaving. I've never, first, it was a massive amount of traffic going to the, to the, to the, to the, um, to the airport. Uh, I was early because, again, as I said, I don't know, you know, they were still required a passenger locator form to enter the UK, et cetera. I said, you know, I, I don't know. So I was too early. But man, the amount of people, even in 2019, there was not seeing that amount of people, probably because maybe the airport is not fully open in terms of mm-hmm. the building. Though all the lounges are open. You know, the, 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 the website was saying that the lounges at A, Trunkers A, were not fully open. They were. Because I went to B and they said, why, why are you here? I said, yeah, because the website says, they said, no, no, they're all open. So I stayed one hour <laughs> in the B and then I transited to the lounge A. Everything is open, but I've never seen that many people. Or maybe it's just because I haven't traveled in Dubai for two years that I think it, I haven't seen that many. It was really crazy the number of, of people, and and you could see that even at check in. You know the you've probably done the check in the premium, so you know for business and first check in, which is a separate yeah. uh, entrance. Usually there's almost no one. And because they have to check every single person for you know again vaccination, the forms, the health, blah blah blah. It was completely backed up, and 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 I can also see the reason. It's not our fault, but the the person who was checking me in. You know, when you do your passenger, lo- we don't have to do that anymore, guys. But when you used to do your passenger locator form on it, it would actually you would actually declare your vaccination mm-hmm. status, and you can only have the pass this form validated if you've declared your vaccination status. And but yet, although I had the form, she still wanted to. See, actually sh- yeah. see my vaccination and she noted the brand of the vaccine the date the first the brand of the second one the date the brand of the third one so the booster the date i was like if you have to do that and it's not our fault but if you have to do that for every single passenger it's, yeah manually of course it takes forever it's not our fault right and imagine something with emirates you have so much so many destinations it's every single thing is different it must not it's uh, anyway. <laughs> Well, um, what else? I think that's 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 it. Yeah, I still dislike the you know boarding last for people in business first. I kind of uh, I still prefer to go in first, but yeah, never mind. So, but yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was nice. The only I will finish with that quirk. The <laughs> the uh, they sent me a first of all. I don't know why they sent me this notification via the app forty five minutes before boarding because I was already in the lounge. They, they, they say, oh, we have a uh, facial recognition. And then, uh, like, yeah, but that sh- I should have gotten that message mm-hmm. like two hours ago when I was doing the whole thing. But then, by the way, I had actually tried facial recognition, but they basically all of them are stopped because of the masks. So I don't know what they're saying. They have to send me a notification that facial recognition. <laughs> Just... 
Well, there you go. Nice to be um, back. There. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. You know what? Actually, we were there was no gate at uh, A throw at T3. We had to hold for twenty minutes, and then the gate that we had was not the A380 gate, so they had or not the um, the oh the upper deck. The, yeah. The ramp. Yeah. So there's no no big deal. But you were like, yeah, I'm back at E throw, and it's back to 2019 because it's always the same. There's no gate. <laughs> so yeah. So actually, I felt that's why I'm saying it felt pretty like 2019. Your experience must have been quite different because. You were a week later, which they already had changed the role. By the, the time I was coming back, you were leaving and they changed the role for Dubai. Uh, tell us. No, you're right. I mean, I, was I, I had uh, already booked my PCR test to get into the Maldives. And then, of course, Dubai had dropped it. and so, But we needed them anyway, so it wasn't the end of the world. But to get the, the Maldives is 96 hours, which is a very good chunk of time. You Oh, yeah. Okay, but nice. at that point, Dubai was 48 hours. And I didn't trust the normal local ones to give me one that would fit right in that sweet spot of covering both Dubai and the Maldives. So we had to drive to Gatwick to get it done, which actually for my okay. house is nice, like 30 minutes. Um, and it's like, of course, it's like that's a, a weapons grade process because it's, it's so needed. But um, yeah, so I mean, you know what? I hadn't been in Terminal 3 in at least two and a half years. Um, mm -hmm. And you go in there, and I had the same experience with that you did with, with we were confirmed business class because I had used Miles uh, to upgrade us on that yeah. first leg because I wanted the honeymoon just to at least start nicely. Of course. And interestingly, um, they don't do chauffeur uh, for mileage upgrades anymore. Oh yeah, which is some of I mean, these rules, I was like, actually. What yeah, no, I know that's you're not right. a big deal. They're more strict now than before, which sucks. I mean, it sucks. It's, it's all not, right, not but. the end of the world. And the bit, you know, the, the check-in person was professional and 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 kind. And again, I had to go through all the rigmarole that you did of okay, um, show uh, uh, me your like your your hotel booking for the Maldives because that's a requirement and then the special form for the Maldives and then this form and I'm like man you guys have to do that and she's like oh I mean she was joking about it but she's like it's made our, our job so complicated because you think about everywhere that we fly to out of yeah. Dubai and then you're going into the lounge and of course the first thing I did was take a picture of the nuts <laughs> send, them, <laughs> send it to you I was like oh yeah. what's going on you drove me nuts that's <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it, it was back to what I think it had always. It didn't feel any different. The food was really good. The the available drink was really good, um, and of course, boarding from the from the lounge straight onto the airplane is such a such a treat. And it was it was Megan's first time on an A three eighty, which you know, the first time first time on Emirates, first time on an A three eighty, and. She's not somebody who's easily impressed by things, but I think, you know, the lounge, she's like, yeah, this is, this is comfortable boarding from the gate. That's really convenient. And then you get on board and, you know, you, and I was like, look, you got your own little rack of drinks and snacks right there. And, you know, I was like, look, look how big that freaking screen, even I've forgotten how big the screen is in business class. Yeah, screens are and the flight, you know, the flight was very full. The food was really, really good. And she settled into the, we were across the aisle from each other. So. Yeah, in the center, the two two. She had the, and I was on the window because that was all that was left in in business because it was 
Oh, I thought. Oh, I didn't realize. Which is actually okay. fine because it's it's actually yeah, easier to talk. Yeah. And you know, the service was was great, and the food was really outstanding. I've forgotten how good the food is, and it's just it's le- nicely yeah. laid out. The portions are are really really good. I think. I know, man. It's it's, it's such a great experience. Megan had, I think, like a chicken is. sandwich I, that. I made a little silly travel video a couple, three, four years ago when I went to Dubai for work. Yeah, and I remember. I ordered this chicken thing, which was on on a, a guest appearance from the Qantas menu. Qu- but I guess it has become yeah. so popular that it's now a permanent fixture. And then I had some Emirati chicken dish. It was, it was delicious. But just, you know, the, the, the depth of content on the IFE. The one thing that I, I, I've forgotten is the... The interface for the ice there in Valencia—it's—it's it's mm-hmm. quite complicated. Um, it's well, it's there's a lot. There's happen- a lot happening. There's a lot of things and going then, on. It's funny because Megan, she gets she's looking at the screen. She's like, "Okay, so that screen, and I can use my touch screen." And I was like, "Yeah, it's touch screen." She's like, "Well, what's this screen for then?" Like in the, the little iPad thingy. <laughs> and I was like, "It's <laughs> the, the same iPad. thing, but you don't have to lean forward." And she's like, "Okay, but what's this screen for with the little like PlayStation Mini screen?" I'm like, "Well, that's." Um, I'm like, yeah, you have optionality. You can decide where you want to control. Exactly. And I said, well, if you're somebody like me, here's what you do. On takeoff, you've got one external view of the camera. And then on the small one, you've got the other external view. And on the little tiny one, it's made for yeah, yeah, you've got the the map. And I'm like, that's what I do. She's like, what about normal people, though? Exactly. <laughs> so, but... I think, you know, I think, sorry to interrupt, I think that the, the, sometimes I forget, it's true that ha- even me not having flown for two years, is I haven't flown them so many times. Like I've flown them nonstop since 2010, mm. right? Maybe, maybe, probably even before. And like nonstop, you know, guys, I've, I've been boring you guys with Emirates because I fly them all the time. And you forget how actually so, so yeah. good it is. And, and, and you tend to be probably blasé at some points. This is why first I didn't talk about the food at first, what I just did, because it's, yeah, I had freaking yeah. caviar and everything, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, I've done it like probably 25 yeah. times. This really this good, person. but no, it's it, it so is an good. amazing, incredible it's product. So good, and it it works every every time, and the seats are so comfortable, and and you know, agreed. The, the flight was. We went back to the bar for a little bit, um, but it was quite a bumpy flight, so it's never particularly comfortable. Um, yeah, but at least you saw it. You saw it. You got that huge. 50 inch plasma screen with the uh, with the thing yeah, yeah. on it, the moving map. Moving and, map, actually, usually, or yeah, moving map in this something. instance. It, yeah, um, just sat there and had a had a cup of coffee or whatever, and then nice. we landed in Dubai at like three thirty in the morning and had about mm-hmm. an hour and a half hour forty five until our next flight. Now we weren't we were in economy the rest of the way, so I couldn't show her the lounges, but I could get into the what is it, Marhaba. Lounge, yeah, there with my with my Amex Priority or whatever pass. it was, and oh, it's fine. It's just somewhere to sit. Yeah. But you know, Megan was kind of sitting there, kind of shell shocked, just sort of staring into space. And I'm like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, but I just sat there for the last three hours of the flight, watching the moving map, flying over places that I, as an American, have been conditioned my whole life to be afraid of." And I'd ne- she's like, Baghdad, yeah, Basra, Afghanistan. She's like, and then here I am, and I get off the plane, and there's all you hear is you know Arabic voices, and you see people that you you know you only ever saw on CNN. You know, I'd never thought about that because even as a kid, I was transiting through through Bahrain and 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 Dubai, and I, 
never, and this was her first exposure to it. And she was like, this is yeah, like, exposure, wow, yeah. like I'm here. And also it's three o'clock in the morning. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You, it's rare to have those revelatory moments, but she articulated it so, so beautifully as well. No, it is. Um, yeah. And then we went to the gate for the. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Hold that thought because in a similar kind of vein, because that happened during the pandemic. So I hadn't seen, I will admit very candidly that I was when I or taking off. So when I was at the return flight, Terminal 3, uh, Dubai, I see this group of Orthodox Jews and I had to do a double take because now it's normalized, you know, there's flights yeah. from Emirates oh, yeah, and uh, El Israel from Tel Aviv to Dubai, but that didn't happen when I used to. So, you know, for a minute it was, like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, it's, it, it is, yeah. it is striking. It is, and it, you know, it, I, I, and I say that with a lot of love, by the way, I'm just yeah, thinking, yeah. you know, because you're not used to, you know, so. But it's sorry, nice, and I think it's, 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 it's important and, and rare to have those moments yeah. uh, of, of, yeah. Revelation. No, no, Sorry. I think, I mean, so I got a notification on the app saying you've a new boarding seats, more new boarding passes have been issued. Please see the gate agent. And I'm like, I think I know what that means. Cause <laughs> somebody in Emirates had put in a good word for us. And we, yes. I went up to the gate and said, Oh, we've, we've upgraded you and you're in business. So go through onto the flight. And of course you've got, you've got people from all over the world on that flight because they're all coming yeah, into Dubai yeah. and then going down to the Maldives and it's a triple seven. So very different business class. Um, yeah. But we were the four, four hour. yeah, four hour flight. So you've got the, 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 was it two, four, two or two, two, three, two. two yeah. Two, so we were on a two and I was exhausted. I didn't sleep on the first leg cause I was so just like, yes. Yeah. Um, and so I just passed out. I just, I just was out cold, except for the last maybe forty minutes, because uh, I just was pressed against the window, looking at all of these <laughs> islands and all these atolls. It's amazing, yeah. You do a long turn to land at Malé, and there's yeah. seaplanes flying underneath you, and you. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Oh. Uh, I mean, guys, we've done. That's the episode. That's the, sorry, the episode. That's the, the airport of the day is Malé because I want to hear about your Malé experience. But it is striking because it's so different from anything oh, else you've. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't I had no idea what to expect, and land, and you you're alongside all these other you know big big airplanes, door opens down onto a bus, and you feel that Indian Ocean air, mm -hmm. and um, we landed at, I think nine thirty in the morning into an open air immigration hall because they're they're building a new airport or new terminal. Yeah, uh, I think the. I was about to say, so you probably have seen it. So when when I landed, you remember, I, we did the episode in 2018, mm -hmm. because that's when I went, like in May 2018. By that time, the second runway, the new longer runway was not finished. It finished that summer, but they're still not using it. It's a taxiway still, because from what I understand, they're building, and you'll tell us in a second, they have built, and now it's finished, a new seaplane terminal, but they still have the old one, which is too close yes. to the runway to, uh, for safety reasons. Precisely. And you're right, they're building the, the new terminal, international, of course, international, terminal for the airport. All this was supposed to be finished by 2020, but COVID happened and everything was delayed. So I know it's, I think it's 
a year out of being finished now the, the actual the terminal and but the seaplane i think is ready I th- but i think it again. would be optimistic because it's basically a concrete shell at the moment oh. and okay and so you you know you go through immigration and maybe i'll mention this at the back but at, at the end but there's to to get into the Maldives at the moment no talk about the airport now it's go ahead well Please, to get ahead. into the airport to get into the Maldives, you have to have a, a hotel booking, but with either we're a resort or a guest house. So we were on an island at a resort, just like you were, and you get out of immigration, and immediately there's a representative from the from the resort, and they yeah. they they grab you, they take you over to the seaplane check-in, which is in arrivals. They check you in, they weigh your bags, they they say wait here. A bus comes and picks you up, takes you to the to the um, to, yeah, you have to, to do this all around to, the runway. But for me, I'm like, side, yeah. new airport, new weird airport. I want to have a look. And it was <laughs> the same on the way back, coming back. I'm like, oh, I, I want to go and get some Maldivian air. Like, there's a, they have their own little store over there. I want a t-shirt. Straight through because it's like, I think a lot of people go to the Maldives to go somewhere hot and sunny. Straight for the experience. And not because, yeah. you know. Of course. So, you're right. You, they, they take you in a van around the, the perimeter road, past all of these, you know, corrugated iron buildings where the Chinese construction teams live, lived, live, yeah. because they can't get back out of China to finish the airport. Yeah. So there's not much going oh, on. Oh, of course. So it's just a concrete yeah. shell. Oh, that also explains the delay. Yeah, so, of course, and it, man. And it, Wow. So you go to this uh uh the, the seaplane terminal which feels very tropical and actually almost like some of the small uh Pacific Island airports. So probably you went still the at old the one. they're next to each other. But there's the old one and then the new one is a square. No, this I'm was sure, maybe also it's not finished. Yeah, and so it's it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that airport was was busy with so many heavies. Uh, Emirates have yeah. Five flights a day there, and then all of the majors have. Think about it. Yeah, Qatar, everyone. Etihad, there's American planes, Air France, uh, Lufthansa, Con, uh, TUI, yeah. all those guys, and then of course you have the the intra Maldivian flights, which are A three twenties and ATRs that are flying to the the many domestic airports as well. So they're a little further down. The seaplane terminal, of course, is just this constant hum because all of the airlines have been amalgamated into one into trans maldivian airways yes and so there's this constant movement of of dozens yeah. and dozens but, it's, yeah. it's paradise well, they're all the same plane they're all twin honors yeah. uh and you know you you've you've done this but for me i was like a kid in a candy store yeah and exactly. Megan knew this. she's like why aren't you filming this why you know you this is like you've you've made it. This is what you've always wanted because you do of course have the option to take speed boats to some of the islands. I'm like, I don't no care way. what it costs. This is a literally no. once in a lifetime thing. Of course. So you, you know, you get on with people going to either your resort or your resort and maybe one other. Yeah. So yeah, they do sometimes a stop. stop and then, uh, yeah, at least yeah. it's in your direction and you get on and they do a, like a 10 second safety breathing, breathing, you're plugged. Yeah. You've got no, uh, headphones or ear defenders or anything like that, nope. but it's it's not that noisy really when you're up. No, at the beginning you're like it's a bit, and then you normalize it. Yeah, and you're like it's fine. Yeah, and yeah no, I know. The, you know, they have these like 
desk fans bolted to the wall. Fans, yeah. Of course, you can see it. And I'm just... Where were you um, sat? Where were I, you? We were sat um, f- uh, like the fourth row back because it's one, two. And so we yeah. were the two. And um, Megan gets a little... So sometimes she gets motion sick because she's tired. So she wanted to be able to yeah, see really. through the cockpit window. and have, Yeah. And so she's like, you yeah. take the, the, the aisle. And of course, you're up and you're... I'm just... You know, this is the stuff that my father had, because my father lived in the Maldives in 1973. So, you know, this place of legend. And of course, hearing you you talk about it. And then landing on the water and going straight into this little tiny cove at the resort. And, oh. Yeah. And then, of course, watching the planes come and go. And actually, what was fat, what I really enjoyed was looking at my flight radar and just seeing the volume of all these planes just. There's so many of this because uh, this, uh, this support and communication network and commuting for a lot of people. And then this line yeah. of airplanes mm. coming down from the Middle East direction, you know, obviously as far as London and then from from India and Sri Lanka as well, just all converging on this. Airplane. Yeah, Sri Lanka is next door. Just mm-hmm. what an what a operation. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is absolutely. Uh, I remember I sat one of the flights. I think I said that. The equivalent of one yeah. A, so behind the co-pilot, I think. And it was funny to see the the pilot removing his yeah. flip flops and controlling the pedals with his bare foot. And I was like, I love this. And he had like these aviator <laughs> sunglasses, and it looked. I was like, this is this is exactly yeah. what I wanted it to be. It was <laughs> you know? so unique and so uh, just clearly a weapons grade <laughs> operation, and just sort of. Sk- skirting around cumulonimbus clouds and just it was like and i know it all flying is real flying but it felt like real flying yeah i know what you mean yeah you oh uh, and yeah. i just i yeah, was man. like a kid yeah, in a candy store and they, i mean the, the trip which we don't need to get into now was where the the resort was i had a million questions actually because i was worried just like you you were when we talked about this offline i was like am i gonna get Antsy, Four. yeah. And of course I didn't for, for a whole host of reasons. But once I got over the fact that I'm a long way from anything that isn't just this island resort, this tiny island resort, yep. of course I had a million questions about it. And I'm actually, because my wife nagged me, putting together like a five-minute video because I asked those questions to people around that, that work there. And the practical questions like, how the hell is the internet so fast? And where do you put the garbage? Yeah, or where do you yeah. live? I mean, I had like I was asking so many questions about the staff and how it was yeah. all organized and how the, what they would do off season and and it's it's because it's like you said it's like every hotel it's its own island basically atoll it's not even an island like it's like yeah sand <laughs> in the middle of the atoll and and it's it's like the food the supplies the it's a logistical it's it just it's just incredible you know like mail yeah. how do you get you know uh, it was so I know, interesting i know and it's i think the you know flying back on the um the seaplane to male the one thing i because we said we want to go back somehow someday the one thing i want to do is go to male and see, yeah, to see, see the, the city, city. because you you basically fly alongside yeah. it as you, you it. as you yeah. as you land, it, yeah. and then you know yeah. the, the flights back were we were again very fortunate to be upgraded um, on the way back, and we spent some time in Dubai on the way home um, out in the desert. Yeah, it was, was it was. Oh, uh, you went to the the, the hotel. We originally? did out in uh, the uh-huh. out in the bush. 
Because I've been like there like in 2010, like it's in the middle of the desert. Like, it is, it is. And I think what was interesting is I had the same experiences, you know, got off the plane, immigration was empty because a lot of people can use the e-gates and they now give you a, is it do the local mobile carrier, do you? They give you a SIM card. Yeah, it's so, due, yeah. so they'll stamp your passport What? and give you a SIM card. Yeah. Huh? Just what? Like, I didn't know that because obviously I, I blanked out of the airport. Yeah, yeah. You, you had an out of body experience and <laughs> the, the spirits. To so really, no, no. Honestly, they they give you a a SIM card. Like yeah, like two or three gigabytes of uh, for if you to to. Yeah, that's yeah. very kind. Um, yeah, it was good. Oh, and wow. then it's such a breeze, and picked up an Uber and uh, into town. Um, what was cool about? I mean, the fact that you're in the desert, which I love, and you're in a nature reserve. But I'm sitting there um, after a, a while and you know, planes are flying over, pulling over like up flight radar 24. And all what you're seeing going back and forth is all of the Emirates cadets who are flying cadets, out of exactly. DWC out into the desert and then some yeah, to the yeah, air yeah. force bases around. And they're constantly going back in their, in their Cirrus SR 22s and some of the other intra middle Eastern, slightly sketchy cargo flights that you've, that you see. But yeah, I mean, it was, a reminder of just how good uh, air travel can be and airports can be. Dubai and Emirates combined. How, how did Megan like it all? I mean, of course, she's not an Avgink like we could be, but was she, I'm not even asking if she was impressed, but how did she like also being in Dubai and everything? Was it something? Well, it's funny because, uh, and I'm sure she's going to hate me for mentioning this, but we were staying in the marina for the bits that we were actually in Dubai, which is just, you know, and we went to a freaking water park on one of the days because... Of I course, love you love that. And we had a great time there. And that's at the, t that's the Atlantis, you know. So it's not Atlanta, really. Yeah. She's, and we went to the to the mall of the, no, the Dubai Mall. The Mall of the Emirates? Dubai, Dubai Mall. Because okay, yeah. we wanted, I wanted to take her up the Burj Khalifa. And that's, and then she's like, this just feels like Vegas. Uh, and I <laughs> said, all right. Let's be honest, all right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so I took her, we went into Burr Dubai, old Dubai. And I was like, uh, how does it feel like Vegas? Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, that's the And it is, which is yeah, right. my my favorite part of Dubai, mainly because it just it feels of course. like you would hope the Middle East would feel the food's amazing. But yeah, I think I think she really enjoyed um the Emirates experience and I you know was impressed by like as, as functional as Dubai can be. And of course, anybody who's not feels something when you're going to the Maldives is dead inside. So, you know, it's hard not to be impressed on some level by either what you see out the window or, you know, the, the operation of the seaplane or anything. I was wondering if trans Maldivian wanted a brand consultant for six months or something, you know, but I was, it was great. It was great. And we can't, can't I'm going to live there. Can't wait to no, get back. No, of course. I, 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 because I'm like you, you know, uh, and actually that applies to the week I'm about to leave for tomorrow morning uh, in St. Lucia. I'm not usually a resort type of person that stays no, in a I hotel know. and especially resorts, you know, with a swimming pool. I'm not that kind of guy. But in the Malaysia, basically you do it because that's the only thing you go for, right? And it's usually, like you said, honeymoon or special anniversaries, whatever. But I enjoyed it when I went there and I'm probably going to do the same with St. Lucia. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be in a resort. I'm going to, of course, escape the resort. You know, they're not going to be tying me down. I'm going to go escape and go to the city, whatever, to see actual yeah, real yeah. people. But, uh, but yeah, I, 
from one time to time it's it, it, it's nice i don't think i would be able to do it for too long i'm not gonna i don't think i would be able to stay in the maldives no. for two weeks as in at some point i would be like you know you dive you do sports water sports whatever but then at some point i'm like and yeah yeah like, oh, and that was i mean the talking to the people <laughs> just like you did that worked there was how i scratched that itch because we had they have the what they call local islands which is where Maldivians yeah. just live. And there was one, like, live. at night, you could hear the call to prayer. It was that close. It was drifting across. And, it was, and I was oh, like, okay. oh. I really, really want to go there. And they said, there. can't, you can't, uh, or you can, but you would have to take a PCR test on your return and isolate. And I was like, well, yeah. then I'm not going to. go. Yeah, I go, because that's, I was about to say easy, is maybe not the right word, but basically you are... When you're in the resort, you're yes. in quarantine, but you don't realize you're in quarantine. Because you're in quarantine, resort, so, so you don't need a mask, and you do a, you do a, a yeah, lateral exactly. flow. But basically, every hotel, it's, every island exactly. needs its own quarantine system. So, but you just don't feel it's no different from when I went. There was no such thing as a quarantine because at the end of the day, you're just in a hotel for for a week. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I'll tell you about the San Lucia yeah, in the next exciting. episode because there's also like. I have to wear a bracelet the whole oh, time. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know exactly how that works, but <laughs> it's one of the things. They've been uh, all these countries have been very creative too um, with COVID. Uh, anything to say about the flight going home from Dubai to? So you didn't go. You didn't try a Tihad. No, all this, all I this, mean, we'll for leave another it for, time, right? You just for another time. But uh, uh, the flight back, uh, daytime flight, really easy, really straightforward. Of course, business. We're again super, super lucky. Nice. We're set. It's slightly we're in the very rear section of the of business and my and favorite 23a is my favorite seat we were uh, like a few rows away from each other because we got the last seats in business and uh i went over to check on megan before right as, uh, after we boarded and the flight attendant who was japanese came up and i said we explained oh we just been on our honeymoon and we're just sitting opposite and she's like uh Oh, I'll see what I can do to move you together. And we're like, no, 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 we're just going to. But they looked after her like she was, you know, oh, you're not next to I'm so sorry, but here's all these things. I'm like, what about me? (laughs) Me? (laughs) No, they looked after the right person. I was fine. Yeah, exactly. This is how it's it's supposed to be. Oh, man. Look, we're a few more minutes and we're going to close this because we're over two hours. I'm sure we're making a lot of people happy when we talk that long. We're crazy. I mean, that's the thing of doing episodes every like two months or something. Um, Tim Tim Clark is actually betting on the 318. I think he's right. I mean, of course, the 318 is not produced anymore. They think they still have one or two to go to receive. I don't remember. But uh, he said the other week that um, that's a quote because I noted it. I I didn't have any notes, but this one I wanted. So long as governments do not invest in airports to create more capabilities, the slot issue is going to become far more acute in the next five to 10 years. Uh, with airport balances sheets shot to pieces during the pandemic, these investments are unlikely to be forthcoming, and thus, yeah. hence the need for the 380. And I'm glad because I like that. Right, right. <laughs> Me too. I love it. I actually love it. I uh, I was so happy to be flying it twice. Um, I'm probably going to be. Fl- I, look, I don't have a lot of travel. Of course, as long as Asia is a bit kind of this, you know. I mean, I could go to Thailand like Joe, uh, but that would be holidays, and sadly, I don't. Uh, it's not as if I have a lot of time to take holidays these days, but yeah, it's um. What do you have? Um, any fun trips coming up? Like in the next, let's say, month or probably two before we record next. Uh, probably, <laughs> yeah. I think um, nothing, nothing firm. <laughs> almost certainly a trip at the end of this month. Yeah. So me, Saint Lucia, obviously. Um, I sh- was supposed to go to Karachi mm. in May. 
But the, talking about COVID, the COVID regulations are so... Yeah, I'm not going to go into now because we're reaching the end of the show. I might have to cancel it, uh, which, is, which is sucks because I was supposed to go to both Karachi and Lahore, actually, as well, which I've never been to. Interestingly, a tidbit, the trivia for those who don't know, um, we, since we talked to Emirates most of the show, EK. EK, do you know what it means? Not. EK. What do, you, what do you know you don't know what it means? Emirates through Karachi. Because their first ever flight from Emirates was from Dubai to Karachi. So EK, it means Emirates well, through Karachi. That was in, uh, I think, yeah, TIL, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I learned that, I think, a year ago or something. So it's not as if I knew I that. I know that. <laughs> my youth or something. But it's a shout out just before finish to Carlos and the crew at uh, PT UK, Plane Talking UK. They had their fourth 400. 400? Yeah. Sh 400. Uh, episode show. Wow, they're way better. They're way more organized. And they did it at the... It was... I couldn't attend because it was a day I was coming back from Dubai, so I was still in flight. Uh, so it's a podcast, guys. It's super cool. And they did... Uh, so every 100th, they do a big thing. It, it happened at the... What's the name in, in Weybridge? The old... Um, now it's a circuit for cars. But Oh, yeah. I just went there with my kids. Um, Brooklands. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. So that's where they did it. Um, the episode, of course, is on. I couldn't be there. And Carlos and all the guys, sorry, sorry. There were people, some podcast people, but also Avgeeks flew from the US for the, for the show and everything. I, I really wish I could have been there. By the way, Carlos told me that he had done the Maldives for his honeymoon as well. He, uh, hello, Gemma, by the way. Uh, he also took Emirates. He was also upgraded Good. in business class. And when he had to make a choice between a speedboat or a seaplane, seaplane, mm -hmm. because he's an avgeek like us. Avgeeks <laughs> assemble. I guess that would be... <laughs> okay, man. Uh, have... Let's see when we record next. I'm going to put very slowly the, the end song, but we can still talk over it. Um... I hope you. I hope you can, the, the, the next five will yeah, be. Yeah, well, I can't wait for let's, you to, let's to maybe hear your virgin a, experience, your virgin virgin experience. Yeah, virgin, exactly. My virgin yeah. virgin experience. Yeah, my virgin. In also my virgin premium economy. You know, I hesitated to to bid for upper upper, but it's way too expensive. I'm not. I mean, already the the reason I don't fly business is I think the flight in business class was uh, <laughs> nine thousand pounds. Well, may, like, yeah, may, right. may the upgrade gods smile upon thee tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure in the flight there's other people that are... I mean, a, a, a friend of mine is already there in St. Lucia. arrived yesterday. Paolo, hi, Paolo. And he told me the flight was 60% full, his flight uh, version there as well. So maybe. Anyway, see you next time, guys. Happy flying.